Oh, it's going to be an episode of hate. But before we get to the hate, let's some, just get, get the, some love. We got some love. I want to give a big shout out to our buddy Phil. Hey, you know him on Twitter. It's at Flixology101. That's F-L-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y 101. Give him a follow because he did the best and the worst thing he could do for us. He gave us a gift. But he gave us a gift of Ginty. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm discombobulated. Yeah. I want to say thank you. I want to say fuck you at the same time. Yeah, it's very... Hmm. You put that shirt on. You're just like, oh, this is a good fit. Yeah. Why? How did you how'd you do this so well? But then you look in the mirror. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he sent us some t-shirts. One for me and Griff. And it's got Ginty's face on it. Yeah. I thought it was Alpha Man at first, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, we do kind of like Lynch, but it's kind of obscure, and then I was like, wait, it's Ginty, because Alpha Man didn't smoke, and there's yeah. a cigarette hanging out. Right, of course. <sighs> and I'm just like, I'm glad, first of all, I'm glad they came in plastic bags, because I did vomit all over yeah, it. Yeah, which was my reaction as well. We just finished cleaning up the vomit all over the pod studio. <laughs> right, Manningly did, we didn't. Well, yeah, of course. But, uh, I mean, he's glad he came in from his honeymoon to do that, but, you know. <laughs> it's very nice of him. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of guy he is. Well, well we do pay him to be yes. that kind of guy. So He's the manliest of manservants. That's right. So I just want to give a th- shout-out to Phil. Your uh, reward slash punishment will be you get to guest on our next Ginty movie. He already supplied it. I hated this movie. <laughs> I'm going to hate him. I, <laughs> I hate to have a guy come on his, in his virgin territory and we just blister him. <laughs> but we might do that. Well, you did show me a shot, and doesn't Ginty have a mullet in that movie? He, I, I don't know. I just went Ginty blind because I couldn't stand looking at him. Yeah. See, that's the problem, too. It's like I'm going to be driving wearing that Ginty shirt, and I'm going <laughs> to happen to look down or notice it in the mirror or something, and I'm going to go Ginty blind because that right. is a thing that happens. Right. You go Ginty blind. Well, the good thing, I'm going to try to rob a bank wearing the Ginty shirt because I think people's eyes will be drawn to that face that they yeah. don't notice my face at He's all. He's like the modern Medusa. You look into it and you're, <laughs> you just go to stone. It's like right. you can't function after you look at Ginty's face. It's just science. Right. I, I don't I don't know. So I'll look forward to that. We'll try to fit in. Oh, God. Oh, God. I want to talk about something that I saw this week. Something more positivity because we're going to be negative for the next hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Do, I let's finally, after two and a half years, I finally ventured out to see a movie at the movie theater. How did it go? Did you? Was a lot of people? Was no, it? there wasn't. Which I was glad. There okay. Was only about two or three other people. Not a stressful situation at all. No, though. I went to a matinee. Yep. Of course. And because I don't like. It's already too expensive to see movies nowadays. God bless the matinees, man. I love a good matinee. I saw The Northman. Yeah. Big Viking thing. I love Viking shit, Griff. You know that of me. This is true. I'm, I'm, my mother's 100% Scandinavian. I have the Viking blood coursing through my veins. Yeah. So I was like, I can't wait to see this movie. And well, first of all, skip ahead five minutes. If I might give some spoilers out. So if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, I dug it. I, it wasn't, I didn't think it was the greatest movie of all. There were some things I didn't care for. Um, if you've seen Hamlet, you've basically seen this movie because it's a revenge story about a guy who's going to kill his uncle who killed his father type okay, thing. Okay. But there was cool shit in it, man. You get the fucking berserker ritual where they get pumped up to kill people. I wanted more Viking marauding. I wanted less revenge story. Yeah. More Viking marauding. I could see that. So you get to see him because like the berserkers, they would like 
make this concoction with like magic mushrooms and shit and psychedelics so they would fucking lose their mind. I like the sound of that. And they would literally think they're turning into wolves and bears and shit. Hell and they yeah. Would, and they would strip naked. In the real life, they'd strip naked and they would throw them in the front lines like, go, motherfuckers, because they were like on PCP, basically. Yeah. And they would just kill motherfuckers. Sadly, the director said, the, the director, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he did The Witch, which I liked. I didn't, he did The Lighthouse, which I haven't seen. He's all about authentic shit and being really authentic. So, you know. It doesn't belong in modern movies today. He wanted the dicks out. And they're like, sorry, we can't have dicks out. He shouldn't have gone for a major motion release. He should have went for HBO because HBO loves them some dicks these days. And good on you, HBO. But, yeah, major motion picture. You can't get dicks. No. And and, and, uh, unfortunately, the movies flopped. And it bummed me out because... This is a guy trying to do something different, you know, like, but people just want the same shit. They want Mechanic 2011 is what they want. And they did get a fucking sequel to this movie, and I think they got a TV show based on it. I hope not. What the fuck? Are we ready? Do you need to talk anymore? Or was no, that the I just want to give segue that, 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 that the perfect segue. It. The guy trying to do something different and innovative, being shut down because of it. Because you lame motherfuckers, not you, because you guys are fucking cool. You listen to us, but I'm saying you in the general term, mm. you lame motherfuckers polluting this planet. You want the same shit over and over again. I see it on Twitter all the time. Five times a day, somebody's like, hey, which series is better? Friday the 13th, Nightmare on the Street. I think we've already decided that, all right? Yeah. And it gets and it gets tons of responses. I'm weaving gold constantly. Crickets. Crickets. Oh. People want shit they fucking have already seen before, and they can already predict what's going to happen. So we'll bring this back to uh, uh, the original... And some like I had to go and look at the critical response of both movies. I'll just go ahead and throw this out there right away. Roger Ebert gave a half star more to the modern mechanic, Statham mechanic, than he did the original mechanic. I think he, the cancer probably went to his brain. The cancer had to be riddling his brain, or maybe he was getting blown while the uh, you know the second mechanic was on, so he had a better time. Because <laughs> it's like there is no way that the 2011 mechanic is better, more enjoyable than the original. Maybe he had a thing against Bronson or Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah, maybe. Because that, that's the only way I see this. And so people were slamming the original mechanic because they're like, Michael Wiener went too far with the action. It's like, it's also a convoluted plot. And uh, Can I point something out? Bronson uh, mechanic, PG. 2011 R. Yet somehow Bronson's was more brutal, more intense, and better. Yes. PG. Also, we could probably name several different scenes from the Bronson movie that were fucking good. Yeah. Name a scene from this movie you enjoyed. If we didn't have the notes, and I watched it last night. Yeah. I wouldn't fucking know. I I mean, what? On my second viewing of uh, 2011 Mechanic, I said there's one scene that's kind of okay. And that was the fight scene between Burke and uh, Steven. Kind of okay. It was it was not necessary. It made no sense. It's brutal as fuck, which was kind of cool, but it sucked. It should have well, been in there. This, the, the reboot, basically, it's it, let's take everything that was interesting about the Bronson one and remove that. Yeah. And make this as boring as possible. Right. There was There's nothing memorable. It's... It's like the most generic fucking action movie I've ever seen. And 
it would be fine to be another generic action movie, but they said, hey, we're going to make another mechanic movie. And we've established that the mechanic movie is a fucking psychopath who is, like, meticulous about details, complete loner, sad sack of a human being, Bronson, and that sad face of his, perfect. And, you know, then you have Steven come in, and you think, oh, this is a beautiful boy who's got all these friends, he's a partier, and you find out he's even more of a shell of a human being. He's got all this love surrounding him, and he fucking rejects all that. They watch a girl cut herself and nearly die and we spend 10 minutes watching it that's fucking brutal this movie spends 10 minutes of uh fucking steven rolling a joint in his car and getting hit <laughs> like uh assaulted by like the i, I it's awful it's base first of all i, I, I want to talk about jason statham for a second I want to like Jason Statham. I want to. He's got a great look. He looks like a genuine... He's like like Bronson. He looks like he's been in a fight in his life. Yes. Unlike a lot of these pretty boy fucking action heroes. But he just does shit. He just... I mean, and we, we were talking right before we started recording. He's at... He, he was born at the wrong time. Yes. I think he would have been a huge star in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And now it's... it's, it's and, and what also irritates me about this movie, they want their cake and eat it too. Like... The great thing about Bronson's was there was this moral ambiguity. Like, yeah, they want you to, like, root for Bronson, but he's still a psycho. He still yes. kills people for money. Right. Not this one. He kills only bad people. Yeah. And to even let you know how bad these people are, not only do they bad things, they're almost always a sex offender on top of that. Right. But they just throw that in to let you know these guys are really bad. They deserve to be killed. Right. We can't have that ambiguity in our life. We can't have somebody. It's like, oh, shit. That was a good person that he just killed. Like, they left that out of the original movie, and that was way better for it. When the whole kill order comes in for Harry, she's like, okay, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. Like, the disconnect from human life is what makes that so good. Right. This movie, it's like, no, let's connect to every human being. Let's go get a chihuahua. It needs to be under a year old. Let's get the oldest fucking chihuahua in this guy. Did that chihuahua not look like it was 50? In dog years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the... Oh, God. Okay. So, again, the first 16 minutes of the original was... No dialogue. We get four minutes in this one of no dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and the kill was so fucking stupid. Yeah. You, All the kills are stupid. Because I can't believe that people were, you said you reviewed the original mechanic. And they said that movie was convoluted. Every kill in this fucking movie is so fucking convoluted. Right. They don't go for any kind of simplicity. They don't go for any kind of like, you know. Uh, oh God, I don't know how to say it. But it's like everything was so fucking wonky. You don't get to see him like really slaving over the details and all that, like we get oh. to see Bronson do. Statham just, like, runs into every situation. And then when he goes to train Steven, you're like, what is he going to train him? We haven't seen him do anything. Right. And so when Steven's a fucking nightmare, you're like, well, this is this is also, yes. also Arthur. And for a guy who's always prepared, luck plays a lot in, in this movie. Nothing it, but luck. This happens to be what he needs there at the right time. Nothing but luck. See, you said it. A minute ago, Jason Statham, if he was in that 70s, 80s, early 90s, not right. face-off 90s, definitely <laughs> right. not that era, he could have been great. I could right. see him getting in bar fights. I could see him, like, waving He's a hot dog at somebody. He's in the same category as, like, Bruce Willis. Like, he looks – he doesn't look like a total – like, 
you look at him and go, I can maybe take that guy. Yeah. He's maybe. an everyman type guy. Yeah, exactly. He would have worked really well for that. I wish he would enunciate a little more instead of doing <laughs> gravel voice all the time. He's got to do that. But he, again, that plays into modern action. It's just fucking shit. Too many quick cuts. Simon West directed this. Yeah, this is two times in three weeks. We've done. It. We've never even heard of Simon West until three weeks ago. And I guess the best thing I could say about Simon West, workmanlike. That's his style. Like he gets it out. Like, it, like technically, there's nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not yeah. Neil Breen leveled. I mean, he, he can direct a movie. Yeah, it's just forgettable it's right. fucking it's like fucking beige it's if the color they, of beige in a movie if they didn't attach to the name mechanic and try to say like hey we're gonna do we we're taking everything from the mechanic but they fucking wash all that away it's like the most diluted version of the mechanic ever this could be another mediocre action movie but no right. they said we're making the mechanic and they did not make the mechanic. They made some shit action movie. And by the way, can we stop doing this? Because for every like reboot that's a success, there's a hundred that fail miserably. Ghostbusters so, being the case of one of the best remakes ever done. Yes. Which, which one? The all female one or the one that came out last year? Both. They're just so good. <laughs> like it's that's talk about getting your cake and eating it too. They're both just so good. More uh Ghostbusters content, please. I'm holding out for the all-black one done by Jordan Peele. <laughs> but, that one might actually be good. Yeah, with like the, with a token white guy, that would be good. I mean, Jordan Peele's uh, done good movies, so he might actually but, do it. Yeah, it's... I just fucking hate my... Like, I don't know. If this does a success, we'll, we'll, do, we'll keep doing the compare and contrast episodes. But it's got to be a success. Yeah. It's rough watching these fucking modern... I mean, Action. we got lucky that it was ninety minutes. Yes, uh, that was that. That's the one thing it has. It's six minutes shorter than the original. That's the only <laughs> thing it has above the original. Um, we got to see that Simon West does have his cliches. He loves trapping cars. <laughs> yes. That's his thing. We saw right. it in uh, Con Air where he they grounded just so we could have a car trap scene because right. he needs that. Yes. Talk about the microwave timing that happened there. Like so much of the and everything they needed just happened to be there at the same time because they were working the, the 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 plan went to shit so they were working on the fly. You said it, luck. <laughs> yes, there is nothing but luck in this movie. You don't get like, oh, I'm gonna make this guy run and have a heart attack. No, nope, you get none of that. You just get luck everywhere, <laughs> everywhere luck. Fuck, I hate this. And if you didn't see that, the only homage they had to the original was the secret wall that opens up, and he's got the where he. The poster board where you can pin shit up. You wouldn't even know he plans for anything. Right. They tried to do that. They were like, hey, that's good. We can get that scene over in one second. And, you know, they showed it, and it worked because it's a good <laughs> scene. It, you're trying to show off that this guy, some super secret killer, and he even said it's a Jason Statham monologue. He was talking about how, you know, my kills are the best. My favorite kills are the ones where no one knows you even were there. But all of his kills are like, yeah, someone clearly murdered this man. Like, every one of them. A guy swimming in his pool drowns. Fucking Christ, that was so... And he had to do the paddling. God, I was like... That was the murkiest indoor pool. It's like the Adams Family pool. Like, what the fuck? Why was it so murky? Well, Murray, I was trying to I was trying to get this over a while ago where I was saying that whenever Americans film anything that's supposed to be south of the border, they, like, fog the camera lens. That was a south of the border scene, so... Well, they had, yeah, they had a yellow filter on it. The there. exterior yeah. was the yellow filter, and then they went in the pool and that also got a filter <laughs> not yes, the pool filter. stop with the filters too that's yeah i hate that why 
we can you can tell us it's Mexico and we know it's gonna look like the world. Like blue skies and shit. God, I fucking hate Simon West. Oh boy. What else did he do that's classic Simon West? Driving a vehicle through another vehicle. That was another thing he did twice. I I don't know. I, I gotta I gotta go back. Con Air was so forgettable too. I can't even remember what the fuck you know he does because, <laughs> right. like I said, he's just, he's best thing I can give uh, Simon West workman like. He just yeah. put, he, he can start a movie and finish it. So we went from a movie with two complete empty psychopaths that right. you kind of cheered for in a way. You're well, a I don't think everyone was supposed to cheer for uh, Steve. He was always a douche. Steve was always a douche. But when he started to look up to Bronson, you're like, hey, maybe there's some hope for him after all. Maybe you can channel his – like Dexter. Maybe he could channel his murderous instincts into something good. Right. Or I guess – I think that's what Arthur Bishop saw in him. He was like, maybe I have a, I found a kindred spirit. Maybe I can – maybe he – when he was young, he had those same feelings, and he, he – Channeled it into being a mechanic, and he's yeah. like, "I could do that for him." Right. So, of course, that turned into a gay thing in the seventies. But I mean, when we watched it, we're just like, "No, it's like he didn't have a father. He didn't have a father. Bronson's old enough to be his dad. Match made in heaven." Yeah. Well, I, society has issues for some reason with close male friendships for some reason. Yeah. Got to make it gay for some well, reason. Well, this movie had a problem with the gays as well, but it went the other way where gays are bad guys. <laughs> So, good job, 2011. Simon West, last, you know, we were complimenting you. You had the character that identified as a woman, and you did a great job with that. But this movie, they're just like, nope, gays are bad. So, we should just get this out of the way. Yeah, let's, yep. If you haven't squeezed all the juice out of us yet, (laughs) hate juice. That's what I meant to say. There's plenty more pulp to go. Yeah, hope you like it pulpy. Here's a trailer for... (sighs) <sighs> the reboot of the great Charles Bronson movie, The Mechanic, starring Jason Statham. Rick rolled. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because one of Simon West's first jobs as a director was doing the classic Rick Astley video for Never Gonna Give You Up, Never Gonna Let You Down. So you got Rick rolled. We, we feel like we got Rick rolled for 90 minutes watching this movie. Definitely got Rick rolled for 90 minutes. I Why couldn't he just stick to Rick Astley music videos? Yeah, just stick, stay in your wheelhouse. Stay Simon. in your wheelhouse. Simon says... Do Rick Astley. 
All right, Murray. So as we talked, holy shit! Oh, it's not front and back. I was like, how did we yeah, end up with I, my printer's on the fritz? It's really getting on my nerves. Ah, fuck, man. Sorry to hear it. All right, everybody. Here we are. We're going into the fuck. Oh my god. We're, we're trying to make you think about the first classic sixteen minutes of Bronson's with four minutes of Statham. Yep. So, like you said, we get that yellow filter to let us know it's Mexico. Yep. The air is filthy down there. And we got to set up. We're setting up a bad guy right away. Yeah. The first movie, let's remember, just an old sleepy guy. Yeah, we don't know if he was good or he could have been a guy who just witnessed a crime and was going to, like, you know, tell, yeah. you know, go to court. Yeah. And they had to get rid of him because, like I said, moral ambiguity. No clue who he's killing. Looked like a very nice bloke. He drank tea for fuck's sake. Right. English. He drank tea. books. He drank Aldo. He, he read Aldous Huxley, remember? That's right. New, Brave New World. Yeah. And now we've got a guy who's in Mexico. He's surrounded by guards. He he's got a baby boy with him. His car has hydraulics on it. They're going way overboard with the Mexican stereotypes. Oh my God! So far, car horn. It was like, come on, people. We get it. We're in Mexico. We see the filter. Yeah, we get it. He climbs out of his car. It looked like a Kid Rock music video. He's got the the prostitutes (laughs) hopping out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like shooting guns up. We get it, right? We like I said, we saw the yellow filter we know mexico we see yeah. no filter mexico we yeah. know that and simon west was like we need to kn- we need everybody to understand these are very bad people right because so, our, our hero only kills bad people exactly so guards everywhere he's escorted 10 feet from his car into his house his big old palatial estate you know big mansion everything so big he's got an olympic-sized pool yeah. In his house, the filthiest Olympic sized pool I've ever seen. Well, you got to filter the pool but, too, because you don't want you don't want people to be confused. Like he took a teleporter to another place. He's in the Adams family pool. <laughs> he's in the and Adam. it's as murky as all hell because it needs to be murky because we need our, maybe the mechanic made it murky. Maybe he maybe. snuck in there, put some algae in there, took yeah. out the chlorine. You know that might have been a good idea, like, like to set like up three how- months earlier because he hasn't been living in this house because he's been doing evil shit on other parts of the world. Yep. So this is his like side house, and yeah. he's like, he made sure the pool guys never came for those three weeks. So all <laughs> that fucking algae started growing. So this is a really fucking big room. It's it's two stories. You got guards walking a balcony that overlooks the pool. You got guards down on the poolside. You got a lifeguard tower with a lifeguard in it. Right. He's got his what you know his whistle in his mouth. He's just staring down at Mitch the guy. Mitch McCannon. Mitch McCannon, and yeah. he's getting ready to fucking. Because he's, he's down there looking for Mazartha. Because they they migrated down to Mexico. Right. You got to be careful about the Zagartha. <laughs> Zagartha. <laughs> I fucked it up in a whole new way this yeah. week. So oh. the guy's got to get his laps in, so he's a swimming, and then he noticed something. I thought it was a time bomb. What was? What were we looking at? Were you looking at his snorkel? What the fuck were you looking at? Because he sees something on the bottom of his pool. I don't even remember. <laughs> I thought it was a time bomb because it looked like a little dial type thing. So it was the it was our our uh, bad guy here who saw a thing and then. He swam to it? Is that yes. what happened? He went oh. to investigate. Forgettable. Don't even, I remember the 16-minute scene with no dialogue. I don't remember this four-minute fucking scene. Right. And it turns out it's the mechanic, Arthur Bishop. And he grabs the guy, puts him in a chokehold. He's like, he's underwater. You don't need to put him in a chokehold. He's double killing him. Yeah. And kills him. And But he's like, I got to cover up my, 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 my what I'm doing because I'm surrounded by guards. So I'm going to swim. I'm going to be underneath him, moving his body like a puppet. Yes. John Malkovich, being John Malkovich <laughs> him. 
and it's the perfect crime. They don't notice anything. So I was talking about how there's guards up on the balcony. Even Mitch McCannon, right fucking there, <laughs> yeah. doesn't even tell what's going on. He's just like, that's a good front stroke you got there. Or was it a breast stroke? I can't remember. It was which. a butterfly. It was a butterfly. Yeah. That's incredible. You know yeah. what? We don't give Jason Statham, Simon West, enough credit here. Right. He had that man doing a butterfly well, underneath him. Jason Statham was a competitive diver, so he knows his swimming. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they all look down. They're like... That's our boss getting those laps in. He's inspiring. I work out. I keep my body healthy because my boss. I don't know how he got out of the pool, though. Oh, he just got out. (laughs) What are you talking about? Why did he go through the whole thing of the. (laughs) There's a whole fucking scene in Arrested Development where they're like, we're supposed to switch out the coolers. And he's like, what's the point of switching out the coolers? They're going to look in the cooler when they realize the hostage is gone. And they're like, well, it might buy us like a second. He's like, well, okay, let's go back and switch out the cooler for one second so your ego can be filleted. That's what they're doing here. It's like, what's the point of this fucking swim scene? He's still got to get out in front of everybody. And he still he does in it. In a frogman suit. Yeah, he got full scuba gear on. And he, then he warn, runs into a closet, switches. Which is hard because he's wearing flippers. I flippers. Mean. You hit a smack, smack on the fucking poolside. No running. You can't run along a poolside no. because you'll slip and fall. Even and, you know, he prepared so much, Griff. He made sure to eat an hour before swimming because half hour cramp. cramp. Yeah. That was nice of them. At least they gave us that detail of yeah. him eating a He sandwich. actually has like a timer like on his watch. No, it's been an hour. <laughs> I can swim now. Microwave timing. You got to be right. careful about that shit. So now we're going into a closet where he happened to store a uniform. So he's going to dress up to look like one of the staff. Because, again, this yeah, is a big man. Because in Mexico, they hire white people to do their cleaning. Exactly. It's, little, it's like bizarro world. Yep, yeah. exactly. And he just walks out. The, the alarms go off. They finally notice. He's like, good dead man's float, boss. Oh, shit. He's really. Uh, <laughs> and like, you notice that nobody, when they, they, they find the guy, they don't even attempt to resuscitate him. They're like, he's dead. I'm not no, they dead. immediately go, something's <laughs> up. So Jason Statham's job where he stated, I want to kill a guy. So nobody thinks that he died. You know, like the original mechanic, you would expect like, oh, shit, there was an accident. Something like that. Everybody's like, he was murdered. No, because they, they, they show a, a news clip later. He drowned in his pool. He got away with it. I don't know how. Wait, so we see on hand. They're <laughs> yes. like, he got murdered. Sound the alarm. <laughs> yeah. But then they reported to the paper. Oh, he just drowned in his pool. <laughs> yes. This movie's garbage. Yes. <laughs> so we're just four minutes in and fuck this movie. So it looked like this guy lives in the middle of a desert. Like, yeah, Mexico so, is all desert. We know so, that. Exactly. Secluded. Yellow filter. Yeah. Jason Statham walks out the front door. I don't even want to call him Arthur because he's not <laughs> Arthur Bishop. He well, is his, Statham. his horror doesn't want to either, which we'll learn later on. Oh, but, but yeah. That was such a fucking <laughs> stupid scene. <sighs> turn, turn like a serious loner moment, like pathetic, sad moment. Into into a funny moment. Good job. That's modern writing for you. But yeah, he, he gets out the door. We're miles away from civilization from all we can tell. He switches back into action gear, walks, and suddenly there's a bridge there. Right. And I I don't remember if I said this on mic or not. This is Statham trying to be Bond. He yeah, wanted to be, be James Bond. Because they're – and you're, you're absolutely right because I think this is Simon West wanting him to be Bond because he wants to do a Bond movie because there's a recurring motif they play when he's doing action shit. It sounds reminiscent of ding, 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 ding. So they want you to think that. And they even structured it like a Bond movie because Bond starts with the cold opening with the big right. action scene and he has to escape and then he does like a daring thing. There's e- 
Goldeneye even did like jump over the dam and he had to get to the bridge and jump off. So I wonder if we actually knew what Goldeneye, how that was structured. If this movie is just taking some parts out of Goldeneye and putting the state on them. State then then why don't they just remake it and call it Goldeneye instead of ruining the mechanic? Because, I don't know. Called Silver Eye or some shit. So he jumps over, lands in the water. Has, he's a perfectly timed boat that's tugging along, carrying like a, a, like a rubber raft with a... He jumps down. There. I thought he was going to parachute down because he looked like he had a parachute on. He had a lot of equipment. I couldn't figure out what was going on. He jumps in the little like boat that's being hauled by the big boat, and he just takes off. Yeah, he he hitches a ride. So it was like because I thought that was an accomplice of his, but he yeah, just I think, like I think it was accomplice. He yeah. like grabs onto the back of the boat. If it was an accomplice, I feel like they would have showed it, and the guy would have saluted at him or something. But we don't see any interaction between I these two. So again, first mechanic. Total fucking nobody. Doesn't relate to anybody. Arthur, that is. Statham in this movie has like all kinds of like nice acquaintances. He, en- he enjoys his life. He is having the time of his life. <laughs> right. He's having so much fun. Right. I, he's not, he has no angst about what he does. He's just like, he only kills bad people. Right. So why should he? Right. He gets the, the, the fulfillment of being like, I'm helping cleanse the world of horrible human beings. Right. So now... Where does he live? Nolans, of course. Of course. He's back on the bayou. Sorry, everybody. No Matt Hunters in this movie. You don't see him driving a no. fan boat around. No uh, chance. Chance Bordeaux. No. Nobody takes a chance in this one. No one takes a chance. My mama took a chance. He keeps a little speedboat under the docks because he lives out way out in the bayou. Yes. He's got to go by boat to get there. Yeah, there's a nice scene where you actually see him look out over his swampy lake, and you can see Matt Hunter doing a little fucking axe. Right. It couldn't have been Matt Hunter, though, but that was the motif they were going for. And, of course, he's got to have a, a, a black guy friend, an old black guy that teaches him about life. He's got to rec- he's, he's a hobo, but he knows he's got so much wisdom. Exactly. Yeah. He just He's a magic hobo, man. He's got all kinds of the wisdom. <laughs> Horrible alcoholic in, and has wisdom. He speaks in idioms and all that and riddles, and it's and fun. And he guards his boat for it. He's also got that beautiful, like, reclining chair. It's like, yeah. how did you get it here? Because, of course, New Orleans, Michigan, we got about 90% humidity in the summer. It's awful. Right. It's, New Orleans is supposed to be even worse. It's supposed to be triple that. And he's got this fucking it's, fabric. It is. It's tw- tw- 270% humidity. <laughs> exactly. You breathe underwater, basically. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's how he got away with that, that, that swimming scene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, but yeah, how does that recliner? I mean, it's all taped up. The recliner is probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. <laughs> it had the most character out of anybody. It, yeah, it had the the, the, the arc <laughs> that it went through was the depth went, to that chair. Yeah. It's perfect. And uh, he's got a bottle of scotch. The hands over because that's what the black guy loves. He's sleeping. He should he's be sleeping. guarding that fucking boat. Yeah, which is just a fuck. It's like a fucking rowboat with a fucking motor on. Well, it. he was guarding the other boat too. The boat that later we'll learn that Statham, Statham wants to buy, even though he's got all the money in the world, he could buy the boat. So I don't get what that was supposed to be about. Heads home. He's got the palatial estate. It was actually an ugly looking house. I thought, and he's he's got the big deck. You got to have the deck. Well, yeah. And he, he they make him even worse, he's a vinyl snob. Fucking Arthur Bishop Bronson, just had the cassettes, just put them on. He had a gigantic fucking tape deck. But yeah. No, he's like, and he's like, and the show what a snob he is, he has to wipe down the vinyl. This is, again, and- the details, the meticulousness. 
we get meticulousness meticulousness here with the vinyl, you know, handling and all that. Right. He's got like jewel case set up and everything. He's got it underlid. He's got the RGB cycle color. It's so fucking annoying. And yes, as a vinyl collector, it's like I get it. I'm annoying, but this guy. How many grams is that? Oh Jesus! Is that forty-four grams? <laughs> Bullshit! Like this is like a wafer. And then we get the nice voice voice voiceover where he explains. I'm a mechanic. I like to kill people, but the best thing is to make it look like an accident. Sometimes I'll make it look like someone else did. And we're just like, wow, he's such a badass. He's such so a bad. This is we do get the board reveal. This is another thing they actually remembered to put in this movie. Right. You know, the board. So. Arthur, of course, always listening to the music, looked at the board. <laughs> he, has, he has a pot belly stove, always stoked, waiting there just to destroy his evidence because that's what he does. He takes the evidence off the board, puts it in his pot belly stove, <laughs> <laughs> specifically there just to destroy evidence. Yeah. And then next day, heads off to Danny's to meet up with his buddy Harry to get the next mission. Yep. Uh, so, re- well, remember last time, original mechanic, we met at Harry at Harry's big old mansion and everything, and he was called out there. Harry's like, hey, I need a personal favor done. Actually, did he do, was the original first mission for Harry? No, he was just, Harry was just like, he was friends with uh, his dad, and he was like, hey, I, I'm in his in trouble. Can you do something? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually like he was doing a job with Harry, it seemed like. In the new one, yeah, yeah, he Harry's like one of his like uh, liaisons. Yeah, he trained him. Yeah, yeah. So they're meeting at Denny's. They're having and to a, make it because everybody's got to be sympathetic. Harry in the first movie is a fucking douchebag. He's actually laughing. Remember that time your dad almost killed you swimming? Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. They did a good job of making him a weasel right <laughs> off the bat. Like you were nervous about him. Bronson was nervous about him, and then you have that scene where he laughs about how his dad almost killed him. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Steve come into the picture, and Steve's like, my dad is a fucking prick. Yeah, my dad kills. He's bitching about me asking for money that he gets from taking from people. Yeah. Yeah. So good. They set up Harry so well. In this movie, he's like, did you need some cream in your coffee? Did you? I noticed your eggs didn't come out perfect. Did you want my eggs? Like, he's a sweetheart. He's got, like, long. Well, on top of it, he's in a wheelchair. Make him even more sympathetic. Come the fuck on. Donald Sutherland plays Harry in this one. The father of Kiefer. And he's just like, Harry, I'm worried about you. You know, get my Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity. Because <laughs> they're at Denny's. He loves Denny's. Like, why are we always in a Denny's? It's called the best fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that is what they say about Denny's. Everybody. This is the Gormation. <laughs> <laughs> so... He's just like Harry's just like, dude, you got bags there. I'm worried about you. You need you need some friends. You need to get it. I'm alright. What's the next mission? You're the best friend a guy could ever have. If I'm your friend. <laughs> what is this accent? If I'm your friend, then you need some friends. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. What a fucking line. What's going on with your son Steve? Oh, he's a douchebag. You know, he just doesn't understand me. He's not I wish you could be my son, Art. Yeah, so do I. You should probably like call him or something. He's like, no, I'm not even going to do that. He's such a reprobate. He's such a piece of shit. He bombed out a fucking military. That job I got him, security, something or other, fucked it up, got fired. So 
we're, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here because Harry's right. His son is a fucking idiot. Yeah. His son, son sucks. He's got a fucking goatee. <laughs> Fuck this guy. In 2011, guy. he has a goatee. Fuck this 92, guy. 92, you kind of get away with it. 2011. No. If you're a sports fan and you happen to go on the East Coast and you know this person who's like, I'm a Celtics fan because I grew up in the Celtics <laughs> were good. Also, I'm a Yankees fan because I grew up in the Yankees were good. And also, I'm a Cowboy fan. <laughs> because of what? I grew up, the Cowboys were the team. That is Steve in this movie. He is the most reprehensible. Fuck this yeah. guy. Fuck his goatee. Fuck goatee his, says it all. Right fuck there. his little newsboy cap that he's always wearing. He fucking sucks. <laughs> he is no Jam Michael Vincent. No. Uh, you could have <laughs> replaced him with Jam Michael Vincent shit, and I would have been happier. You could have replaced him with Jan- Airwolf Jam Michael Vincent, and I would have been happy with that. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> I wanted to say, go ahead and replace him with Ginty, and I'd be happier. <laughs> wow. Ben Foster, you you heard that. Yeah, you heard that. He's not that bad. He was in, I want to recommend, this is a horrible movie for Ben Foster. He was in a great movie called Hell or High Water with uh, Jeff Bridges. Came okay. Came about five years ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that. She checked it out. It was better? Okay. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't blame Ben Foster, but this fucking Steve was awful. Yes. He was Anyways, horrible. we got to see the the horrible loner, the man who just can't relate to people. He can't get the life he wants because he's so in dead, <laughs> like in into the like underworld of killing people. Arthur's got a split for you know a nice. Hon- We're in Norla, right? So we got to go Nolans. So we got to go to a nice honky tonk and look for some flat ass badonky tonk. <laughs> Boy, do we get it. Oh, God. He's just chilling. We see this girl, no curves at all, doing a little white girl dance for him. She's got the tightest pants on to show off Blue her skeleton. Travelers playing in the background. Oh, you want to give it a run around. I couldn't wait because they were starting to build up. I heard the rumors. I heard everyone rumoring. Steven Seagal's here. Sensei, the sensei's here. He's going to do a set. But yeah, she's got the tightest jeans on, and you know, pulled up way over her waist. Daisy you, could, Dukes. you could see her skeletal outline because she's just a skeleton of a human. Right. And he's looking at that, and he's leaning back. He's like, "Oh, I love these Americans." Jason Statham would be great in the eighties. Her ass would have been great in the eighties. That's, That's how right. flat it was. That's right. Well, we did learn. I mean, I mean, I already saw some pancakes at the Denny scene earlier. <laughs> now I'm getting a pancake ass right here. Well, Good. I like what you did. There. But he's just like, and we're like, oh, this is his girlfriend. Of course, he's he's beautiful. He's 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 got life by the tail. I don't like how you did that. <laughs> that was awful because she did have her thong pulled up. The whale tail was activated. Did she? I didn't even notice that. Oh god. Well, it was hard to notice because it just. Oh. Uh, but he's leaning back. He's enjoying the show, and she's coming over. And she's like, I see a room full of nobodies, and I see you. And he's like, oh, Yeah, I think that'll do. She wants him to dance. They fucking dance, but then they go to do the real dance. Right. We get place. a we get a, a fucktage, which was as fucking exciting as the rest of this movie. It was boring as shit watching yeah. them fuck. Then they get done fucking. They're watching like Judge Wapner or some shit, and she's like, "I gotta take a piss." Gets <laughs> up. We get the nice flat ass shot of her. I thought it was like a fucking little boy, like they put in there. <laughs> and then we know. Then we find out. This is they're not in a relationship. Yeah. This is this is like well they're 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 in a relationship, but not in a loving relationship. Right. It's about money. Right. He gets up, he gets dressed, throws down like a lot of hundreds for that flat ass. Yeah. Bronson paid a hundred and she wrote a fucking letter for him. So let's talk about that too. Yeah. 
Because this woman, she's like getting up. She's like, I gotta take a piss, but I'm gonna make some food. Do you want some food? I don't care for sandwiches. I only eat a Denny's. <laughs> 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 the coffee is fucking great. So that's gonna be a fucking running gig, guys. For the next month, all you're gonna hear is me talk about Denny's references. <laughs> we only like restaurants with two ends in it: yeah. Vinny's, Denny's, Gladys. Wait, that didn't have it. Glennies. <laughs> God damn it! But so yeah, she's a prostitute who wants him to stay. This she, is like how like how perfect his life is. Yeah, she wants him to stay. She wants to know more about him. He. He's also a person for hire, so it's like maybe this will work out. They're not like super emotional about all this shit, but no, it's like I gotta be a badass and leave out the front door. Denny's is open twenty four. I gotta go get me a cup, cup of Joe. And you think Joe? Is that your name? It's it's Arthur. You're not an Arthur, and you're right. You're not an Arthur, motherfucker. Because Charles Bronson is an Arthur. I like it. That was Simon West right. nodding, like, right. "Hey, I realize I'm making a shit movie here, so we're gonna just say it right here. I'm not. A, he's not Arthur, <laughs> right? Because he isn't. You're more of a David or or a Brad. A Brad. Yeah. And like, and like your hookers, they know. They can read people. They can read eyes. Right. Index. And I'm like, he is a Brad. You're exactly right. Yeah. He's a total Brad. So again, we went from. Bronson's complete, like, paying her to write him letters so we can feel, you know, loved and wanted and all that, to this guy who's just got to be a badass. Right. This guy who she wants him to stay, and he's like, no, I got to go. The siren call of Denny's. (laughs) (laughs) So after a quick trip to Denny's, because he's sipping the cup as he's driving here. He's got the tiny Gojek cup. So... I love the Kojak Cup, man. That's the best. And he's throwing it all over the place. He's got fucking, uh, uh, God damn it. Stavros. Stavros! <laughs> Coming over to clean up his place in a Mattingly outfit. But, okay, so again, so much cooler in the original. You know, Bronson gets, like, cryptic calls and everything on a special phone and all that. How does Statham get his jobs? He goes on the dark web, <laughs> a.k.a. Ask fucking Jeeves. What the fuck? Ask Jeeves. Did they have a fucking deal with Ask Jeeves? Why would he even use Ask Jeeves? I don't. This is why. I hear people say like, you know, I was listening. Not even GoDaddy. Not even GoDaddy. Ask Jeeves. And this is why I have a hard time watching modern movies because it has modern shit like plugged into it, and it just bothers me. That's why I like reading old sci-fi and watching older movies. Yeah, in the old days, you could everything's got to be product placement. They'd make up a site, you exactly. Know? But right. no, ask fucking Jeeves, <laughs> and he literally googles like murder for hire. <laughs> This is as bad. What was the the octagon? I think it was the octagon when yeah. when Chuck Norris is looking for work yeah. and he finds Soldier uh, of Fortune magazine. Yeah, <laughs> he finds like needed soldier in a fortune for hire. Yeah, damn it, mercenary for hire. That's yeah. what the ad read. That's on the Instagram that I haven't posted on uh, seven years for. Yeah. Fuck. So ass sheaves, ass sheaves, everybody. Oh. And he finds out there's a, there's a contract out for Harry. And he's like, well, that doesn't sound right. I just had coffee with him. 
So he calls up his man, Mr. Dean, his boss. We don't know what the, we were just talking. I assumed he worked for the secret government agency, but we don't really know. They never really tell you. We just know a guy in a suit. Yeah. So it's it's another of these John Wick bullshit, mysterious uh, assassination guilds, like horse, like. Bronson just worked for the mob. It was so simple. They tried to stretch it out real far, too, because they were even doing a thing where there's like so many people in this web. And, you know, it's like he said, I'm a merchant or uh, a mechanic, and there's like other mechanics and everything. But we didn't, right. we weren't worried about that. We were worried about our guy. Right. And then get, you know, taking on Steve. This, it's like, oh, there's this whole web. So I said that a uh, mechanic was like um, John Wick. This mechanic is definitely trying to do, like, the John Wick thing. They're trying to stretch it a lot further. Right. <clears throat> so he sets up a meeting with his boss, Mr. Dean, who's but, very busy. You can only see him for 15 minutes. Yeah, and he can get right through to the guy. Like, right. there was no hoops to jump through. For this secret organization that's murdering people, it's just, like, one-to-one. You you think it would have been like he had to work through a whole circle. I feel like that's how it worked in uh, the original mechanic is, like, he couldn't contact them, but they could contact him. Yeah. So in this one, he's just like, no, I can just get him on the phone. Right. I can get a meeting tomorrow. But only 15 minutes. But okay. only 15 he's, minutes. So he flies in to the secret meeting with Mr. Dean, and they're on the airstrip. He's like, he's, he's talking with his daughter. He's, he's doing the art of the deal with his daughter, shutting her down because she wants to have a slumber party. Yeah. And he's like, you can only have Fago. You can't have the prime pop. And he just. You can see this guy's powerful. He's hustling his own daughter. He's hustling his own daughter. And then he gets out and he's like, what's going on with this hairy thing? Well, there's a, there was a big mission in South America. South Africa. South Africa. That's not even real. South Africa's fake. So it took us months to get this together because I don't know if you've heard this, but South Africa is actually real. It's there. Right. Yeah. So we had this whole mission. We sent five of our very best guys. You might recognize one of them. Yeah. And he shows off a dossier, and there's a terribly photoshopped picture of a guy with blood all over his head. And Josh Wesley glasses. (laughs) He's like, I recognize him. I work for him on a job. And so he's like... So he falls for it. He recognizes. He he sees a face. He's recognized. So he's like, Harry must have been guilty. He's like, yeah. He's like, get this. We got some bank records here. Twenty million dollars was funneled into Harry. He's guilty. He's guilty. Follow the money. Exactly. All you gotta do, follow the money. Because only two people knew about this mission: me and you. Gotta trust me. Yeah. And Harry, who right. you've known your whole life, he's your mentor. Right. And I mean, it, I feel like they barely talked about it, but they were trying to say, you know, about our, our Harry and his gambling problems. But 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 was it gambling? All I know is he's deep in debt. They didn't explain really what the fuck it was. Right, because he's a sympathetic character, so he doesn't have like a real flaw. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, he's got a problem. His, his medical issues, being in a wheelchair. That's oh. why. Because he doesn't have he. Because you work for, even when you work for the government, you don't get fucking health care. Good health care. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So he's like, you know, his health problems. He's got to have someone help him poop. Steve's not doing it anymore for yeah. him. Who's wiping his ass? That costs hundred grand a wipe. <laughs> and so he's like, I see why he needs that ten mil. And he's like, Well, he's like, look, you got forty eight hours, but if you don't do it, we'll send somebody who will. Cause, yeah, because he, oh yeah, because he's, uh, Arthur was like, okay, I'll do it, but did he? I thought he wanted to talk to him. First. I don't think he wanted to. I thought he was just like, he was just like, hey, 
either you do it or we get somebody else. Like, well, I think somebody should. If somebody's going to be killed. I think a friend should do it. I don't fucking know. I'm well. It's it's the old yeller, you know. Yeah. I got to take my dog out. <laughs> yeah. Put the old dog out of his misery. Yeah. So our boy Harry, he's at his office. Gets a call from Arthur. All right, now you're gonna. You're going to want to... Did he explain that like there's a hit out on him? I don't even remember. He did. Uh, you may recognize this scene. We, we already talked about the one scene that they stole from another movie. Oh, wait, we did it. We talked about that off mic. They steal a scene from Ace Ventura later on yeah. with the ring. They oh, that, that, yeah, that is in the scene where he's talking to Mr. Dean. Because yeah. Mr. Dean has a bodyguard. Yes. Oh, we almost yes. missed yeah. Details. We're getting them. Nope, <laughs> yeah. we're coming back. So Mr. Dean has a bodyguard, a big motherfucker. You're just like, this guy probably played football. Well, we don't know what sport he played, but uh, Arthur notices his ring. His championship ring. His yeah. championship ring. He's like, nice, hey. nice bling he got there. Yeah. He's like, how'd you get that? You got to earn this motherfucker. And he just punches uh, Art in the face, to, so it leaves the imprint That's on right. him. That's right. Straight out of Ace Ventura. Straight out of Ace Ventura. He was the third string quarterback for the champion football team of yeah. Washington. so anyways now we're going up to this is straight out of 1997's the matrix because he calls him up says there's a hit on you i've cut the power or well no he he tells him to cut the power yeah somehow he goes grab a pair of scissors and while he's doing that harry suspects something's going on i don't think he said there's a hit well i don't know what was going on but he suspects he grabs his gun he tells him there's a hit and he needs to get him out, and he can get him out. He says, Dean's guys are on their way to get you. Oh, okay. So he's getting him into a panic, and he's like, you need to get out of there now. Grab some scissors. Yes. So it's MacGyver. Yeah. But he also grabs his gun, and we see on the side of it, written in Latin, of course, is Icterive Ovle Reparation Pay. Which, of course, in Latin is victory loves preparation. We all yeah. know that. Because he, he has it on the other side in English because we're too stupid to figure out the and, Latin on the one Simon side. And Simon West does flip the gun both ways so we right. can see it because, right. like you said, we're too stupid. Right. I was trying to think of a Latin slogan the other day, and all I could come up with is pluribus umen. Unum. <laughs> so he's like, okay, he has his own like, silver gun, whatever. So he wheels himself out. He's it like, couldn't even be like a normal gun. It had to be right. something super fancy right. with fucking etching. Well, because in remember, it. this is modern storytelling, so we have to be spoon fed everything. Guess what, guys? This gun's gonna come into play later on. So he get, he gets his gun, puts his little knapsack, and then he's like, stick the fucking scissors into a light socket, and that's gonna take out the whole building. Now I like this because this is a nod to uh, elevator so- uh, screwdriver logic. Right, you know, exactly. you just stick scissors in something. <laughs> and it won't hurt you at all either. Right. He's sitting in a metal chair for fuck's sake. Right. It's <laughs> a good point. Like- <laughs> and, you know, he's like, how am I supposed to get on the elevators now? Because Statham the whole time is uh, yeah. walking him through it like Morpheus did to Neo when he was getting right. out of the Matrix. And he's like, uh, the service elevators work on a different power grid. God, come on. Are you this fucking stupid? <laughs> and not only that, it'll take you to a tunnel that takes you to the the building next door's parking garage. Yeah. There is a scene where the guy does have to go down some stairs, too. Yeah, it's very impressive. Because he gets there, and he's just like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> he's like, get down the fucking stairs. Yeah, that was impressive uh, wheelchair acting he down Southland was doing. So he finally makes it to the parking lot, and he seizes his van. 
and he sees it. I thought it was supposed to be the neighboring parking lot. It was. And his he parks next door, apparently. Cheaper parking in the next door. Oh, of so course. He, he's like <laughs> high up. He's doing stock shit. He's a wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and he has to park next door for... That's the kind of cheap guy. Your money, yeah. He's so cheap. Right. He was. He heard Mr. Dean talking to his daughter about getting the Fago instead of you know the fucking true Coke, <laughs> right. and he's like, "Fuck yeah, man! That's that's how they became friends, probably." Right. And we see the car's trashed. There's like wiring ripped out. It's you can't drive it. And so Harry's figured it out. He's like, Fuck. the squeeze is on. He turns and finds Arthur standing over him, and he's like, he spells out the whole thing because. Harry's done this all before. He's like, oh, right. I get it. You're gonna you taught him everything you know. Yeah, you're gonna kill me. You're gonna throw my van like in the middle of nowhere. Some junkie. Yeah. Everything whittles down to just destroy a car, put them in it, and put them in like a sketchy neighborhood, and they'll all think that the neighborhood killed them. Well, that's because they would. It's <laughs> perfect plan. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's resigned to his fate, but he pulls that gun out. And he shoots up his own van. He's like, I want to make it look like I put up a struggle because I'm gonna, I'm a sacri- I'm Jesus. I'm gonna sacrifice myself. So because I know this, there's got to be a good reason why you're killing me. He's like, no, in fact, there is. You owe twenty million dollars. Like he, he has no reason to kill this guy. He's his fucking friend. What does he care if twenty million dollars? What does he care about this guy? He did a, like a mercenary job. Right. With he was happy that you know the guy he took under his wing was gonna do it, but. Did he even ask why he was being killed? I don't think so. I don't think he did. Because he could have explained it and been like, <laughs> yeah. what? what is this about? Yeah. Oh, that's really fucked because, no, I didn't have any connection. Here's the transaction. No, there's none of that. And these two are actually friends in this. And the original mechanic, you'd be like, well, of course he's not going to listen to him. But in this mechanic, he... Even said it himself. Well, he set it up that he didn't like Harry because Harry was laughing about the time he almost drowned. Right, exactly. And then this one, he's like, you're my friend, Harry. You're my father. He's like a father figure. He's like, you were the son I wish I had. And he's like, I'll kill you for $20 million that I I don't even have, that that you allegedly stole. So fucked. It was like, okay, again, (laughs) he's supposed to be a loner guy, and he's worried about the five quote-unquote colleagues of his that got killed. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't get this. I don't get this. They did a terrible job. They don't job get with this. it either. Because he does shoot. And, you know, we, another fucking thing I hated about this movie CGI blood. And it's always black. This is an R rated movie. Why can't they just show blood? Because he shoots Harry in the chest, and we just see black blood pool up on his shirt. All right. It's so bad. Again, squibs. Everybody loves squibs. Get some squibs. I fucking in there. do. Let's get rid of these fucking. I, I mean, I understand. Why they do it? Because it's very you can shoot multiple takes, and you know with yeah. a squib you got to change the clothes and put another squib on. I get it, but it just looks so much better, right? And it's not; it, it doesn't take anything away. Like especially for this scene, it would have been really easy to fucking just yes. do it because you could have <laughs> cut and done it because you know they love and they do it a thousand times in this movie with action scenes and the cuts and cuts and cuts and cuts and cuts. Exactly. We can't just show you like they do these big stunts in this movie. But they never show you the stunt actually happening. You're seeing it inside, and <laughs> it's, like, all over, so it's super jarring. So it's, like, you don't get the full effect of any of the big stunts that cost them all the money. No. All right, so we got to go to the grave, of course. Yeah, but the, the hugest fucking uh, cemetery I've ever seen in my life is, like, miles long. Yeah. 
and it's in Nolan, so he's he's there's they, he's getting buried above ground because they can't bury people below ground in exactly. And we he's just he's he's the only person there. At least fucking Harry had some fucking friends in the original one, right? And but and then there's there's this other guy, this little ratty looking motherfucker with his goatee. I thought it was funny that they buried him with his wheelchair. I didn't think they did that for wheelchair bound people. Well. You that's know, like his best friend, right? They don't want well because he'd be ashamed he was in a wheelchair. No, he shouldn't be. Well, that's why I said bury. Well, it depends. In my depends on how we got put in the wheelchair. I'm surprised we didn't get a backstory on that. Maybe it's in the second movie. <laughs> I don't know because I'm never gonna watch it. I'm never gonna watch that fucking shit. God damn it! All right, you said it. He's a fucking guy, he's listening to the Celtics game on the goddamn radio. He's got it cranked up. Let's go! You know it's really good, Bird. But because Magic was black, they wanted. They said he was better. Bird's better, bro. And he's like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, got a cigarette? He's just, he's just total being yeah, douche. Talking super loud in the back while the fuck... Everybody is like, what the fuck's with these people? And he's like, you're not going to believe this. I hitchhiked to my dad's funeral. I don't have a ride home. Can you give me a ride? Yeah, because he notices that it's Arthur. So in yeah. the first one... Steve kind of just like notices Arthur and is like, oh, this guy. Well, it's because he saw him the day before. And then there's the funeral and then he sees him again. He's like, you're, you're an interesting fellow. This one, he goes, Arthur fucking, uh, what's his name? Bishop. Bishop. And he's like, bro grabbing him. He's like, I got to tell you, I'm losing 100 right now unless the fucking Celties come back. Is that, is that how they say it? Celties? Yeah, the Celties. The Celties. And then he fucks off, and then he comes running back, knocking on the door. <gasps> Can I get a ride, Mr. Bishop? Yeah, I forgot. I don't have a car. Can you give me a ride to my, my palatial estate my dad lives in? It's like, oh, I don't think I can do that. Ma, this is the hugest fucking cemetery I've ever seen in my life. It's like as big as a city. Yeah. And they're, cause he's just driving. You just see fucking tombstones go bye, bye, bye. So they go to the, the, the mansion that Harry lived in. It's, it's, oh, it's a mess because he's broke. He can't afford a cleaning lady anymore. Yep. He was just using, like, bed sheets to wipe his ass because he had to wipe Oof. his own ass. He had to wipe his <laughs> and he's like, hey, here's a picture of my dad. Like this glamour shot picture of his dad. He's like, do you want it? Yeah, you know? I figured you'd want a picture of my dad since you guys were such best friends and all. Like you would never do anything to hurt my dad. You and my dad go way back. Yeah, he was, you were more of a son than I was. Yeah. You know? So I just want you to have that. And so we're seeing that Steve is very self-destructive. He's like, I didn't get it. So in the other movie, of course, Steve got the house and everything. Right. And he was throwing big parties. He had the beach house, the main house. Right. And he, he was just like, I don't give a shit. I'm right. empty inside. This Steve is like, he didn't leave me anything. No money. No house. No car. Well, he's like, you see that car? I'm going to try to sell it before the fucking repossessors come to take it. Yeah. I could probably get like five grand for it and live off that for five years. And Oh, God. And he's just like got all the booze out. He's drinking hard. Not in control of anything, unlike uh, our original Steve, who is just like in control, but very fucking crazy. So he's flipping out. He's like, you know what I think I'm going to do tonight? He's dragging on a cigarette real hard. And then he's got pipes full of weed just, like, all around him. It was so goddamn stupid. It's so fucking bad. And he's just like, I'm going to go out and get carjacked and kill the guy. And maybe it'll be the guy who killed my dad. Who kills a man in a wheelchair? So he hates his dad. But he needs to go get vengeance for his dad. Right. Because he's got to be good, too, Griff. Everyone's got to be good deep down inside. It's like every Marvel fucking villain. 
they're all even the Red Skull. He's like, well, you know, maybe a Jewish person kicked his dog when he was a kid. So there's always got to be some out for these people to reprehensible. You know what? There's people who do reprehensible shit because they're just reprehensible people. And Steve's one of them. Steve is completely reprehensible. Yeah. He was reprehensible in the first movie, and you it was kind of guised a little bit, but you quickly started to learn. And this movie, right after the fucking Celtic scene, you knew <laughs> this guy is a piece of the shit. The fact that he likes the Celtics just tells it to me he's a piece of garbage. They're in New Orleans. All right? They're <laughs> yeah. in New Orleans. They are nowhere close to Massachusetts, and he's a fucking Celtics fan. You know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so as promised, he's he's going on a bender. He's drinking heavily. He's smoking heavily. Literally picks up four different, like, <laughs> hand-carved uh, wooden pipes, and we're supposed to believe it's got weed in it. Yeah, because for listening. some reason, he starts smoking out of the apple one that he made himself. <laughs> well, he is trash. Yeah. You can tell by the goatee. He's got a Fago can, an apple, and like, <laughs> there's too much shit going on. You don't need that much shit for a fucking pipe. Oh. <laughs> so he... He heads out to the ghetto. Yeah. And he's just sitting in that beautiful, he's like a Cadillac or some yep. shit. It was the Cadillac he was going to sell. And he's rolling a joint, just waiting. Where's, where's somebody with black skin? Where's somebody with black skin? I, I, I laughed when I was like, oh my God, are they going to actually have like somebody come up? I was like, please, please tell me this is happening. Of sh- sure enough, a nervous black guy comes up. <laughs> Hello, sir. I noticed you're in this neighborhood and you should probably believe it's a dangerous neighborhood. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stay for a little I while. You sounded like Jimmy from South Park. <laughs> black guy boy. Hello, sir. I know this. <laughs> Got a joke for you. Have you heard this one? Oh, so yeah, he's like, my friend invited me out here, and he told me he lived at four 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 Ship Avenue, but I don't see his house. Could you maybe help me out a little bit, man? And he's like, oh, I can help you. I help you out of that car. Freeze, motherfucker. Tiny little fucking Willie Dynamite Dick Derringer. And he sticks it in past the window <laughs> and, like, goes into Steve's nostril for some reason. Like, go, going really far with this gun. Yeah, and then Steve all of a sudden pulls out some fucking ninja moves, disarms him, grabs the gun, pulls Chucks it out, it. starts beating the shit out of the guy, pistol whipping him, taking all his aggression out on him, and then he's about to kill him. He puts that, points that gun right at his face. Did he ask him, like, hey, did you kill my dad? I did notice that Steve, he knows how to do this. He says, I'm standing my ground. I'm standing my ground. Yeah. I mean, he was standing his ground. And just as he's about to shoot him, Arthur comes in. Now you didn't want to do that. And he's like, This is going to be the best day of your life. You might not get it, but it is. Okay. (laughs) That's what he said. I don't know why he said it, but he said that. Because he he saved him. He said to the black guy, or did he say to Steve? I don't know. (laughs) Because... He did save the black guy, yeah. but also is he trying to say, I just save you from making a mistake and killing this person? Even the maybe, maybe Statham actually did the work, they just didn't show us. And although he was a carjacker, he was not a sex offender. So you can't kill that guy. Right. You can't kill, they have to be a carjacker and a sex offender. Right. So this guy was clean. So he's maybe he was right. telling him it's the luckiest day of right. his life. So he tells Steve, who's high as fuck, drive home. And yeah, then, drive home. <laughs> and then they just part ways. And then the next morning, Steve's like, I want to do it. I, I know what you're about. Yeah. All right. So again, we'll flash back to the original mechanic. Steve gets the chance to hang out with Arthur. And the next morning, Arthur wakes up 
looks out his window and Steve's just parked outside in his driveway. And this one, Arthur is out going about his business and Steve is yeah, driving by. Shop, right? Yeah. Steve is driving by and jumps out of his car, leaves it in the street, jumps out and just like, hey, man, I got to be like you. I want in. I'm so cool. You're so cool. It's going to be really fucking cool. Look my like my newsboy cap. He's just like, yeah, you're the Celtics. They won pretty big last night. Oh, he's like, he's like, no, yeah, at first he plays it hard because yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, you want in. All you got to do is go to the dark web. Go to the dark web. Do your own research, love. He's like, no, I want to feel it. I, I've already read the books. I want to feel what it's like to kill somebody. Go home, blood. So before he heads home, Henry. That's our. That's our. Well, he's old black guy. Oh, because he stops. He parks his car. I guess he leaves his car in a parking lot by the docks when mm-hmm. he's got to go to, and he gets in his speedboat. And Henry, is that the name Henry? The yep, Henry is kindly the old black man, the, old black the barca man. lounger. And he's noticed there's this like yacht there. And he's just like, son, let me let me give you some hobo wisdom. You look like you're homesick. You're home, but you're homesick for a new life. Yeah, you just gotta follow this. And he's pointing to the wrong side of his chest, but he's trying to point <laughs> well, to his drunk heart. As fuck. <laughs> he's I mean, very he's drunk. vomit all on him. Oh yeah. And so we're, so now this is the only time we see a moment of vulnerability to Arthur Bishop through the entire movie. It's not yeah, even yeah, that. Yeah. It's a glimpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I think what happened was he was a little broken down because usually the homeless man's sleeping and he told him about like how he needs to follow the opposite side of his heart and everything. And so he's thinking about that and he's trying to take a sip of his Denny's, but he's like, oh, they got it wrong. This is just milk. (laughs) This isn't coffee at all. So he's a little, everything's off right now. Much like, that's why he pointed the opposite side of his heart because that's off. Everything's off. Everything's just slightly askew. Right. So he heads home and he gives a call to Steve. That that was the he, when he heard that message from the wise wino. He's just like, I'm gonna give Steve a shot. I gotta give him a shot. So he calls him up. Meet me tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, as he called him, he flipped on the television and there was fucking the Celtics lighting up the scoreboard. And he's like, I gotta call that kid who's a fan of the Celtics. It's destiny. <laughs> so they meet up. The first thing they do, they go to the old animal shelter. Because you can tell a lot about a person by the way they take care of an animal group. You can. And you could tell that Steve is the type of guy who would drown his pet. He would just, like, he would get a pet as, like, a toy. and like, I'm bored with it. And just, like, chain yeah. it up outside and just let it starve to death. Yeah. You you hear the, ter- like, the horrible fucking stories that people put, like, their pet in a trash bag and throw it on the, on uh, the freeway. Uh, That's Steve. Right. Yeah. Or he just leaves it chained up all the time. Or is it? That's what Arthur's testing him with. Right. So he's like, you're going to get a dog. They, get, they pick a chihuahua. Right. Well, if oh, my God, the setup for this is so fucking annoying because he's just like, you know, we got to look. Of course, Steve's like, let's just go ahead and kill people. We'll go beat people up and everything. And he's like, that's a little harder than that. We got to really think things through. We got to set a plan and all that. And he's like, you know nothing about me. I'm a badass. And so then fucking Arthur has to rifle off everything about him. You, right. you, he goes down to like every detention he had in uh, junior <laughs> high. Right. He's like, you made your first Apple Fago bomb uh, bong in uh, the 12th <laughs> the grade. class, yeah. Yep. Your dick hangs to the left. You, you walk with a limp. Yeah, because you're such a badass. You didn't want to let on that you had a broken kneecaps, and now you walk with a limp when it's 
rainy outside. <laughs> you don't drink coffee at Denny's. Right. And we had to change that. He's just like, you, got, you love it, mate. So, so he's like, he knows everything about Steve. And he's like, but do you know what a mechanic This is the one callback we get, few callbacks we get to the original movie. You know what a mechanic is? He's like, yeah. He, know, he knows. It irritated me. He's like, yeah, it's a guy who kills people for him. He fixes problems. Oh, shit, you do know. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. You know what a chihuahua is? And then, just, and then we go. So he's like, okay, we got to find a dog that looks like this, and they don't reveal it to the camera. Right. And it needs to be. Of course, we just heard what badass is there. So it's Pitbull. They're getting Pitbull. Yeah, of course. No. Um, But it's like we hear that he needs to get a dog under a year old, and it's got to be this dog. And we get, you know. And so we're expecting like some, some big intimidating dog or something. They get to the right. gate. And it's a fucking chihuahua. And it looks like it's about 35 years old. And uh, it's a big laugh. I hate that. I hate that about modern movies. Yeah, Everything's got to lead up to a, a big little laugh. So it's funny. He's going to get a chihuahua. This this guy who reckons himself a badass has to, has to have a chihuahua now. So it's very much very Mr. Miyagi because we're like, this makes no sense. But at the end of the day, it's going to make perfect sense, his plan. He's like... Gonna take care of that dog for three weeks. Not only that, you're gonna go to Denny's every day, every morning at 11 a.m. and you're gonna order the coffee. Black, black. Don't let any milk near that. <laughs> and then and that's it. He's like, we don't know what else is going on. We we learn later, learn what the, the what he's why he's doing it. But yeah. now it's just like you just go there and you drink that 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 hot job up. <laughs> <laughs> have fun always leave a dollar tip always ask for sue never get the grand slam you don't want that you're not ready for that we're gonna work you into that that's the end of the montage you get the grand slam but until then you get two silver dollar pancakes one egg over easy and you can have one piece of toast and it has to be white you're not ready for the wheat you're not ready for it. It's got to be strawberry jam on it. It's strawberry jam. That's right. God, the details. We're almost missed <laughs> that the, one. That's the one thing. They get, that's the one thing they got back right from the last movie. Details. Right. But it's, but it's about the fucking meal. It's not about any of the plan. Right. Exactly. Like they tried to do the mechanic thing, but they only did it with the breakfast order, which we do know about this Statham Bishop is that that's the only thing he cares about is his coffee. Right. Black coffee. So we get a montage of them shooting machine guns and potty training the Chihuahua. And again, this is such a far cry from the original mechanic where we spent so much time going over details, learning about well, people's we, patterns. Like we said, you said, they got to make it fun, too. So he steps in some dog shit. We get a good laugh. <sighs> so fucking bad. And they're shooting machine. They're like doing the white trash thing. They got in the middle of the woods and just shoot shit. With machine guns. Everything is about bigger and bigger and bigger guns. Like, as the montage went on, they're, like, using bigger rifles, hitting bigger cinder. Like, they started with little bricks, and then they went up to cinder yeah, blocks. Here's the thing. All right. We're, there's, it's very hard to fake a death by, gun, like, machine gun. Because in the next scene, he gives them this booklet. Of all these ways people can die like naturally. It's an insurance guide. Right. Because he says the insurance industry knows every single way a human can die. Study it. And so what does fucking Steve do? The first thing he does goes shark bite. And he's like, oh, I could work out something with that. 
Right. And then, ev- then every kill from here on out is by machine gun. Like, they don't do any cool kills. There's one non-machine gun kill. Okay. When they force the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> they still fuck that up, too. Yeah, they completely... F- <sighs> so now the foul house is getting foreclosed, so Steve's living with... Uh, with uh, Yeah, with Arthur. Arthur immediately moves him in. Uh, everything about this is so fucking wrong. This it's is like... Wrong. Did we ever mention that they have absolutely no chemistry as friends or anything in this movie? Well, like we talked... I think I mentioned it where they were like... Oh, uh, the original mechanic is too homo positive. We can't have that. We can't have these two looking like they're gay for each other. They didn't. There was no romantic like anything. I'm talking about, about like friendship chemistry. They don't look like they would be friends with each other. And I agree, but I feel like they were like, we have to be so careful about it in this movie. We can't let like they show us where Arthur's. Is room that is. what Roger Ebert hated about the original mechanic? It might have been too much homoeroticism. They show Arthur's room, and then they do the fucking uh, uh, Godfather scene or whatever it was, where they do the one shot and they walk all the way 45 minutes down to where. Steve is sleeping, like, in the third-level basement. They're not even supposed to have basements in New Orleans. Right. Well, yeah, his house is up on, like, stilts and shit. Yeah. Somebody's a basement. And, but they were, like, showing how far apart they were just to make sure they that the mm-hmm. audience knows these two don't like each other that much. They're barely even friends they at all. They literally had, like, the old sitcom thing where they had some tape that separated yeah. the room. Like, yeah. Okay, gross is nine. Yeah. I'm, you cannot put on that Celtics game. But we need some kind of bonding, and what's more of a macho way to bond than overworking on a classic car? So we see our boy uh, Statham. He's measuring a fucking axle. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Simon West was like, "Is it what? What are we doing here?" <laughs> he's measuring parts with a caliper, <laughs> and and then he's like, "Got the guy at the socket wrench, always putting in spark plugs." Well, it just sounds good. The socket right, wrench. It it's very satisfying. It so I get that. And he's like, wow, this car is fucking badass. When are we going to take a ride? We never. <laughs> right, because only homos ride together in a exactly. car. Exactly. There right. might be some stick shift confusion. You might grab my penis. We might make out a little bit. Yeah. Right. I've seen weirder shit happen at Denny's. You got to be careful. <laughs> right. So he's like, you know what? I think we need to take it to the next level. So they get, I'm gonna meet, we're going to meet with a contact of mine. All right. All right. All right. Oh, God, here's another scene. Why? <laughs> Our guy, who is the most meticulous killer in all space and time, right. Dexter level, pays attention to every single fucking detail, walks up to this guy in his apartment, and he's some kind of dealer. But he's living in an abandoned crack house. Yeah. He's like this guy who can get you anything. Right. Uh, weapons? Is that what they were after? Mm-hmm. It would make sense because Jason Statham has every single weapon in the world. Right. So... And he's wearing, like, a bathrobe and all this shit. Like, what the fuck? you, <gasps> Arthur, what's going on? He's like, you got the money? Of course I got the money. And I got a list, too. Well, give me the money first. They got to do the scene where he, like, flicks the money in his ear. Sounds about right. I like, I, I like that science, though. I really, I've been working on that. I've got, like, a big uh, fold of bills, and I just rifle through it, and I try to guess. And he's like... Have you seen this hilarious YouTube video? Look, I can show it to you. And he's like clicking on Ask Jeeves. I don't know why he said YouTube. He's like, Ask Jeeves must have paid a lot of money to get in this movie. <laughs> and Jesse's about to. Arthur rips the fucking sash off his robe. Starts strangling this motherfucker. Meticulously. With all the details. Steve just watching. He's, he's like, I'm digging this. Yeah. And then he just hauls his body over to like the closet. Strings him up. Yup. 
grabs the laptop, <laughs> searches pornography. Gay ask por- Jeeves for pornography. Gay pornography. Ask Jeeves. Hey Jeeves, and okay, Statham, you didn't have you like. He does the thing where he dictates to us what he's writing. So he goes, ask Jeeves, <laughs> gay pornography, please. Well, it's, well, it depends on. Some people think straight guys don't think lesbian pornography is gay. Uh, y- that, yeah, that's acceptable gay pornography. Uh, yeah. So he puts on lesbian porn. Yeah. Because that's what this guy would do. Yeah. And we get Steve's reaction to all this, and he goes, autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> the perfect cover. So they did a mechanic kill without all the work, without all the effort. They just they just did it in a second. And they were just like, yeah, Bronson, get fucked. We can do a, a great setting and everything in a minute. You fucking suck. That guy. They pulled, they pulled out the, the Excelsior 5000 that the guy had, shoved it up his ass, turned it on, <laughs> and left. <laughs> the problem. Think about. Let's think of this over. Let's think about this like we're the detectives coming in here. We're gonna look at that guy's dick. He's got no ring marks on. He's got no struggle. There's no lotion. Right. There's no nothing. There's no rag. There's no uh, Kleenex. No there's, socks. Nothing. There's no. So- there's nothing. His hand. It's like it, it's not even moisturized yet. There is nothing. He's standing up with a fucking uh, belt from a robe around his neck and some porn playing. That's it. He wasn't. He, oh God damn it! I fuck. Was that the extended edition of the porn thing? Because those clips are usually only about five ten minutes. Like he must have put it on repeat <laughs> or got like some kind of live feed that was just rotating through. <laughs> I I don't know. They did a terrible job staging this because they did it in four. Some OnlyFans girls pissed off. Why aren't you tipping me? Because he's <laughs> dead. Oh God! So it's terrible. This is very not mechanic. And it was awful. But he was testing him. He's like, I wanted you to see one up close. He wanted to see how he would react. Because Steve talks a lot of shit. We haven't seen him do anything. Right. Yet. And Steve didn't react. He knew about the autoerotic asphyxiation. He's like, page 105 of the ins- auto in- or the insurance magazine. <laughs> and it was a picture of that guy hanging. So that was yeah. weird. That's a Twilight yeah. Zone episode right there. But again, let's remember the test that we had in the first mechanic. That that girl killing herself right. and Bronson just staring into Steve's eyes while he makes a sandwich, not giving a fuck about right. that woman. That is amazing. Cause they didn't care that Steve looked evil. Cause he was supposed to be evil. This right. one is like, everyone's got to have some kind of redeeming quality to it. Right. And we did learn that this guy that they just killed was also a sex offender. <laughs> right. It's like, if it make you feel any better, not only does he sell weapons to anybody, even the Taliban, even the Taliban. He was part of 9-11, too. He, he was <laughs> on the plane. I don't know how he survived. He fucks little kids. <laughs> well, shit. Fuck that guy now. <laughs> Wait, you if know? he does that, if that's his thing, you, why would he be watching adult women porn? <laughs> that I don't. Only Arthur Bishop knows. <laughs> apparently, apparently, he needs lesbian porn to get him hard, and then he fucks kids. I don't know. I don't know the mind of a pedophile. Oh, God, this movie fucking sucks. All right, so they're going back home. And after a kill, you know, Arthur's got his release. He's got to clean off his board. But, of course, he's got to put on that classical music. All right, right, I know you're going to say it. It hits a little too close to home for me because Steve tries to touch the records and tries to touch all that. It's in the living room. So I'm sorry, Statham. (laughs) This is fair fucking play. I agree with Statham on this one. Me and Arthur are... 
on Lock the stock there because he's like don't touch my shit cuts shuts him down right away because he knows because he's got the video cameras he saw steve fucking r- rifling through his lps earlier all right and so he of course is going to reveal the big old kill board and he's like oh shit he starts helping him clean up he's like this is the guy oh fuck this is so cool this is so neat you plan all that out what fucking planning they stormed in the guy's door and killed him that's all they did (laughs) all they did there was no patterns there was nothing to learn and just out of nowhere he pulls a fuck like where did he get this file from? He just like pulls it under his shirt and he's like, "Hey, this is the guy I've been seeing." So, seeing at Denny's every day. In the in the montages of uh Steve going to Denny's, getting the coffee, he's always got the dog with him. He's always smoking a cigarette. Right. We didn't we, we they, I think they kind of gave us a glimpse of the guy every once in a while, but No, you did see him in the yeah, background right. cuz he's Enormous, and he's, he's got he's, a giant yeah, fucking head. He's Patrick Warburton. He's yeah, like, he's yeah. A, yeah, he's a big dude, and he's like, this is our next target. But that is, you think you think that guy we just killed was evil? This <laughs> guy, he's a mechanic for another group. Apparently, every every mysterious group has their mechanic, right? They'll call a mechanic. But it's called two weaknesses. We do. Steve does point out. He's like, oh, this guy's at Denny's. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you his weaknesses. Chihuahuas and little boys, and then we see him like walking a newspaper boy into his house ominously. Yeah, we get the cuts of all the pictures. We see a kid outside of a junior high school, <laughs> fucking bowl cut, jinko <laughs> jeans. He kind of deserved it. He deserved it. He did. <laughs> you got another one where it's it's fuck. His name's Berkey, I think, or Burke. Burke. Yeah. His name's Bur- He's at a fucking like uh, uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. He's at he's at a newfound glory concert <laughs> with all the fucking hanging team out boppers. at Warped fucking tour, which was, apparently a lot of pedophiles hung out at Warped tour. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's got the Vans shoes on and everything. He's just blending in cargo shorts, <laughs> gigantic man, he's like six seven, three hundred pounds, in the middle of a quote unquote mosh pit, and he's just standing there groping the boys. <laughs> But yeah, he's 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 a mad boy offender, right? And he's like, so so okay. We've seen he likes pretty young boys. Steve's troll looking ass, this total yeah. Boston Southie looking motherfucker with a fucking goatee. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like he. How did he not have face tattoos? Because he looks like that type of guy. I think, but I think Arthur Bishop. Knew that. that's why I gave him the Chihuahua. He's like, I know he's in a Chihuahua. Soften him up. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's no way this guy would be into fucking Steve. There's no, no way anyone who has any taste would be into Steve. No, there is no way. So he immediately, like, we get the open of them, like, working the target and everything. The back at Danny's, he's like, hey, man, I, I Burke. you're a little, looking a little lonely. You want someone to share those silver, silver dollar pancakes with? Well, actually, yeah, I do. Is that your Chihuahua? Yeah, I love Chihuahuas. Yeah. And then they hit it off. You 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 made it a, a little less sweet than it was because he's like, I've noticed you're having some trouble swallowing those silver dollar pancakes. Can I cut those off for you, little baby boy? Maybe feed them to you because that's part of his thing. He loves feeding the baby boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And they're like, Hey, how about we go out through some some non caffeinated drinks later on, some adult drinks? Yeah, and he's like. Oh, that would sound lovely. And he does a little giggle because he is really trying to fem it up. He's like, yeah. this guy's really in. You know, he wants a sub. He's a dom, clearly. Right. He wants a sub. So he's 
What's a twink? He's fighting. He's fighting it because he knows he's a Boston guy. He probably is homophobic. So he's like, I got to fight this urge because I want to kill this man. This so is my they, chance. They go, they, so they go back to Arthur to set up the plan. The, 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 date, the bar date is set. So he's like, we're going we're gonna to roofie him. Try to minimize the pen. And he's like, two drops, fuck his shit up. Five, we'll stop his heart. And, of course, because he's a Boston piece of shit, he's like, do you want me to rape him too? I don't do that stuff, right? I'm straight, bro. Wicked straight. Ah. <sighs> Why did we need this scene? Why did we need that line? And he's like, no, we got to do it. And then we see them, like, we see them. That's why I'll give Simon West economical because he's showing shit and he's getting shit explained at the same time. Perfect. Yeah, this, this, not a good scene, but it, it's doing the job. <laughs> right. It's doing it better than most of these scenes. And so we got the voiceover of Statham telling him exactly how to do this thing. Just like Sensei Seagal, nice and clean. <laughs> Just put a little drop of this roofie in his drink, and you're, you're done. That's it. Do it in public. Do not go into his car. Do not go back right. to a second Stranger place. Stranger danger. We know that. Don't do that. And so Steve, of course, is just getting drink after drink. He's like, I think they're watering down my little drink here, my dwinky winky. Right. And he's just like, well, you know, they can't water down wine. Well, of course you can water down wine. But anyways, he's like, what did you say I was drinking again? Uh, the, that was Jameson. I'll take another Jameson. Make it a double. And so he's like, all right. Because Burke's like, this kid's ready to go. Right. I'm fucking him tonight. And then he's, but he's like, you know what, bro? Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit, bro. I'm going to kill this queer. Right? His Boston fucking roots start coming out. He's like, right. he's I got to stab this guy. He's getting ready to fucking like uh, put the uh, roofie in his drink and everything. Right. But he's... That Boston's coming out of him. He's just like, I can't fucking do this. I gotta fuck this kid up. I gotta smear the cu- smear the cue. <laughs> Even though he's half the size of this guy, he's gonna <laughs> he fuck, is a quarter of the he's size. Fuck this guy up. That scene it, coming up here in a minute, where he's like going at his belt. He was standing up, just facing his crotch. Yeah, it was. This is like I think the real Steve came out in that scene. Yeah, this is like uh, the mountain, the guy who played the mountain yeah. in Game of Thrones and his wife. That's the comparison we're working with here. Uh, and so they go back to Burke. He's got, like every gay guy, he's a very tasteful, artistic guy. He does painting. Well, okay, Steve does play hard to get. Steve? Hard to get for five seconds. H- plays hard to get for five seconds. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. So he runs out the door, and Burke catches up and throws an arm over him. Hey, where are you going? Let's uh, let's think this over. I can take you anywhere you want, but I got a real nice place I want to show you. He's like, well, I do want to see a nice place. So gets in that car, and there's that voiceover. Don't get in his car. Stranger danger, stranger <laughs> danger. Don't take the candy. <laughs> so I take Burke takes him to his palatial estate because all mechanics, you know, they make a good living. So Again, it's just... and he's like, hey, wow, do you do those paintings? Yeah, as I do that in my spare time, do a little painting. I do a little bit of painting. You got like Bob Ross's whole studio here. Yeah, I know. I, I do nudes, but they all come out like fucking forests. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> but can, would you like to pose for me? Would I? 
Let's go into my room, my bedroom. Because it's like it's like a it's like a studio apartment over there because it's open like space, open floor open. plan. They, he started the whole thing. Yeah. We've got interior brick, we got interior glass, we got a, we got the subfloor built in like the seventies houses used to have. Uh, giant handmade wood frame ca- bookcases and everything. It's real nice. Steve plays it cool for about five seconds because he sits down on the bed and Burke is up to get a drink or something. Yeah. And then Steve just grabs his belt, yanks him toward him. Yeah, he's acting all nervous. Oh, I just don't know if I can do this tonight. And he's like, well, we can, you know, just like listen to some music and get cozy together. And then Steve lunges <laughs> for his belt and just starts ripping at it. And just biting at his dick. He's like, whoa, 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 kid. Slow down. Jesus, I you have a goatee. I didn't think you would goatee so fast, though. <laughs> so, like... He's like smothering his face in Burke's crotch, and yeah, Burke like you know like sits him down again because again he's a tiny baby boy next to this man, right. so we just like picks him up, sets him down. And he's like, I'm gonna take my pants off real quick. Uh, let me get an erection first. Come yeah, and he turns around, and, and then we're seeing that fucking uh, that robe scene that he just learned from all over again. And right. Steve's like getting itchy, he starts going for his belt, and he fucking tosses that around Burke's neck, and he's going for a ride, but. Burke is five times his size, so he just really flips him over himself. There's a struggle. They're breaking shit. So th- this is the one scene I was like, okay, this, is, this isn't this is bad. It's I don't like Steve, so I didn't give a shit about this. I don't give a shit about Burke because he's a sex offender. Yeah, I can't give a shit about sex. I can't, I can't give a shit about him. So they're struggling, and then Steve, apparently, uh, Burke got some Ikea furniture earlier in the day, so there's a screwdriver laying out next to a half-put-together bookcase. Yep. Grabs that screwdriver and just stabs Burke in the fucking stomach. Burke doesn't sell it. He's a giant. Right. So he rips out the screwdriver. He throws it. Steve is clawing his way across the floor. He's going for that fireplace because... I mean, there's ice cubes nearby. Well, every can, mechanic has a fireplace where you can get rid of your evidence. Evidence. You got to throw away your evidence. So he gets himself a fire poker. And I was, I honestly was waiting for uh, Burke to fall as, you know, Steve <laughs> just held it up because so would, many yeah, kills no, happen that, that would, way. Yeah, no. But no, he like stabbed. He gives all his repressed gay rage out on Burke by stabbing him repeatedly. And then he pours the roof in his mouth. He doesn't pour it. He has the nozzle up and sets it in the back of his throat and then gently closes his mouth. <laughs> the and- perfect crime. <laughs> like the guy, he's like, I got away with it. So I was like, wait, is he trying to get caught? Because that's the only reason uh-huh. he would do that with the vial and everything. He was trying to get caught and send a message. I don't know. But it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. It doesn't make any sense. So he goes back home to Artie's. And Arthur is disappointed with him. He gives him a first aid kit to clean because he's beat the fuck up from Berg. You know, it was supposed to be clean. <laughs> and you did the worst possible job. But I'm going to keep you around. Right. This guy was meticulous. He's a yeah, ghost. Exactly. Everything about him is supposed to be like, I have. This, that's another thing we didn't hear about the rules and Arthur's rules and all that because they can't have. This Arthur Bishop have rules because he breaks every fucking mechanic rule that we established in the first movie. That's the problem with all these fucking modern reboots and remakes and you know sequels, the Star Wars and everything. Any fucking rule is out the window because rules restrict us from having nice moments for people to just 
look at and go, oh, that was kind of cool, and then forget about five minutes later. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Rules are good, people. You know what? You need to get your dick wet. Let's go down to the punky tug, but Duncan. Flattest asses you'll ever see. So, and that's what they do. And immediately Arthur's like, oh, there's my bitch. I'm out of here. And so he leaves with Flatso. And then, <laughs> and then we see uh, uh, Steve brooding at the bar, and this freak comes up. Hey, yeah. he's all cut up and shit. He yeah. just fought a guy 15 minutes ago. Right, and he's just Jameson after Jameson. He's been drinking all night. He just murdered a man, and he's back out, and he's Well, drinking. he's impressive because he should have whiskey dick, but he, he gets it up for this freak because she's, she's like, I'm into it. I, I'm pretty sure whiskey dick, you still get it up. You just can't ejaculate it all. Mm, I thought it was you couldn't get it up. I thought it was you can't you can't actually come. But, hey, I don't know. Um, And so she this girl happens to be a freak because she's just like, who the fuck beat the shit out of you? Can I, on, she's on a leash. Can I meet? Well, it is 2011, so, of course, <laughs> she did have a Walkman with corn on it. And she was like, let's go to the alley. There's no Zargathas out there. I was looking for one because I wanted to get assaulted by a Zargatha tonight, but you're pretty ugly. You'll do. And so she happens to be into, you know, some rough shit. And that's why uh, Steve takes her out back and gives her the safest sex of her life. Yeah, we get a quick cut fucktage. They had a quick cut this. They can't, like, it's bad enough action. All action now is quick cuts. Yeah. Even the sex. Is the stunt double in there for him? Did Ben Foster not be able to work? He's like, yeah. Put in the stunt double. Put in the stunt Quit double. Quick cut it. They'll never know. This girl is begging to be abused, and all he does is set her down on a pile of trash, which is abuse in a different kind of way, and then he gets naked and puts his penis in her, which is, again, another type of That's abuse. That's weird. They're in the alley. You get completely naked. Completely like, naked. You're in the alley. You may, you may get busted. You got to pull up your pants real quick. Yeah. But, but he takes his pants off. He folds them. <laughs> he puts them up. on a dumpster. He's supposed to be drunk and aggressive, and she's begging him to be aggressive and he's like caressing her face he's telling her waterfalled her he waterfalled her and he's like is it is it okay uh everything about that was weird it was awful it was awful but fortunately it ends next day uh, did did, is this a scene where he yeah, Arthur gives his hoe the chihuahua, right? He's walking out. Yeah, he's walking out, and he since that mission's over, he's got the chihuahua, and he's uh, at least decent enough to know he's not going to take care of this dog, so he gives it to his prostitute. Right. And she... She takes it as payment? Yeah, I guess it's payment, and then she's like, this is really cute. I'm going to name it. I'm going to name it Arthur. <sighs> fuck this. Uh, fuck this movie. So, okay, so now they're back at Arthur's. They're ready for their next uh, job, and this is a real doozy. Well, this, uh, of course, we got, just like in the original mechanic, <coughs> we have to have that moment where his authority knows he brought in an outside guy. Right. So this is where he's going to get chewed out for... Yeah, Dean's pissed off. He's like, look, that was a mess. It was a total mess. It was the worst fucking kill ever. Everything about it was a mess, and it's... But Arthur still sees something in Steve for some fucking reason. Yeah. But and he does He does the line where he's like, wouldn't you want, just like Harry taught me, wouldn't you want me to teach, you know, you'd have two fucking stellar killers on your hands here? He's like, okay, but this job, this next job's got to be done fast. Super extra duper fast. Again, borrowing it from the original mechanic. I don't do fast jobs. What are you going to do with this time to make up for fucking Steve? So they got the kill board. This guy... 
He's a cult leader. He's a big. To even make him more repulsive, he's got to be a big fat guy. <laughs> and we, of course, because he's religious, he's got to be a phony because they're all phonies. But not only that, Griff. He knocked up one of his congregation, a young girl. Yep. Told her to get an abortion, and she was like, "I'm not getting an abortion." So he had her killed. Yep. Because they're all sex offenders. Well, well, well. He had her killed on Jeffrey Epstein's island. By yes, the way. but he did check with the one girl and make sure she was 18. He's still a slime ball. He did, but he doesn't go for. But that's the what underage. turned him off because he was like 18. Because you know he didn't do anything with her. He didn't. No, well, that's a good point. So yeah. You can't so, just, yeah, uh, we get a little montage of this guy being a sleazy preacher, man. It's the most cliche fucking bad guy you can have. But, hey, this is a cliche movie. It's going to happen in Chicago, this kill. That's where this guy Vaughn, this cult leader, is going to be. But he's he's surrounded by guards nonstop. I don't know why. Who gives a fuck about this guy? Well, he's some super awesome preacher dude. So, of course, he's followed. He's Joel Osteen or the yeah, fuck Yeah, something like is. that. He's the fat Joel Osteen. Os- so... We get what not, modern for the past thirty years. Action movies. The the theme is incredibly dumb. Yet somehow incredibly convoluted at the same time. Yep. So we need this crazy Rube Goldberg fucking situation to set up just to kill this guy in the simplest way possible. Exactly. So they they they're gonna they sneak in somehow they sneak into the innards of the skyscraper. Right. So if you've ever been uh, to Chicago, there's the two circular buildings that kind of like are coggy looking. I think they're apartment buildings, but in this it served as being a hotel, and so they're iconic. You see them everywhere. I think they're on that Wilco album cover too, but that's the building they're working with here, and it's a hotel on this, and they somehow get into all the maintenance shafts and they're like again we always joke about and it's your favorite trope getting in ductworks and being held up by it right they're getting into walls they're walking around they know their way around and it makes sense for statham like it makes sense for arthur bishop but not statham because statham is not arthur bishop he's he's just an action guy in this movie but they're they're doing the "Quote unquote meticulous work that he has to yeah, do, which is just setting cameras up, everywhere. which is to go outside and like scaffold the building. They don't, they don't dress up as window washers and do that bit. They don't do anything. They dress up as suspicious as possible. <laughs> go out in the middle of the fucking day in all black and start planting cameras everywhere. And the people are in the window." Again, we talked about the luck aspect of Jason Statement's uh, uh, mechanic career that we've seen. Here it is like on full display. Jason Statement. It's like Jason Bateman and Jason Statement. <laughs> I was on a roll there. That's why. I can't, I can't be bothered remembering names. God, he, this fucking sucks. Because all they do is set up three fucking cameras. That is their meticulous work. <laughs> We spent 20 minutes in the last movie watching people, observing them, observing how they go around. This guy, their target, sits in a hotel room. <laughs> yes. And they set up cameras to watch him sit in a hotel room. They don't, like, dress up as one of his Why fans. Why would this—so he, he just killed a girl. That's bad. Why would that be important enough to have this super secret organization take this guy out? 
I mean, maybe somebody else said, kill that guy. Maybe it was the girl's <laughs> parents. They knew it was uh, the, uh, that Vaughn so, guy who did it. So they hired him. <laughs> the guy has jeeves fucking... Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm not worried about why that order came in. Because, again, the movie is supposed to be about just, like, ruthless killing. Anybody can hire these people to go kill. There's a lot of Ruth in these killings. Well, yeah, a lot of baby Ruth in this man. (laughs) So they're observing the guy. They're going over the plans. And then I think Steve comes up with adrenaline. Or I think, no, I think uh, Arthur did. I don't know who the fuck came up with it, but the guy's like, no, that wouldn't work. But if the fucking AMTs come in, they'll give him something else, and it will kill him. Yeah. If we pump him full of this, they'll try to counteract it with this. after fucking Pulp Fiction, everything's fucking adrenaline now. Supposedly, what I was reading, this was a beautiful IMDB <laughs> fact, where they were like, that's not those two. They're one of the same. They have two different names, but they do the same thing. So essentially, they would have been doing the same thing that the EMT would have done, and it wouldn't have really done anything. So there's, so there's that's that. the plan. What the fuck kind of hotel? Is this like some weird hotel where they film people and blackmail them? Because why are there fucking two-way mirrors in the ducks? I was so (laughs) confused about this because I was like, wait a fucking minute. It wasn't just like a two-way mirror. It it was like that whole thing. Well, I mean, it was. It was a one-way mirror. But it was like you could just push it right out. Like (laughs) There's a hole. Yeah, but that's the thing. So, okay, we're saying is in the room, the walls, there's these like panels in the wall that are mirrors. But when you're inside the walls, you can see into the rooms. Why would a respectable hotel have that unless they were filming people doing shit? Right, exactly. I mean, the the painting covering this hole is, you know, it's like four feet by 12 feet or not 12 feet by like two feet wide or something. They're they're big, big enough for people to get in and out of because we're about to watch them just move the painting and walk (laughs) out. It is astounding. And yes, there is a vent like right next to them too that even comes into play. They somehow get a fucking screw into the vent system and out the vent system even though it should be completely closed off to them. Everything uh, about this is so fucking stupid. All I know is that at this moment they're in the wall. This is the, they're going for the kill and they're observing the guy because they're ready to kill him and then he's got his, his own like Dr. Murray from uh, Michael Jackson comes in who, who shoots him up with ketamine. Special K. Yeah, a lot of it too. And he's just and he's like, we can't do that. That'll negate the drink. Like, what the fuck knows what's going on? Like, we can't do it now. Abort, abort. And like fucking uh, Steve's like, no, man, we're going through with this shit. So they, they, they pull the, the mirror panel out. That guy is like by himself, high as fuck. He's got a fucking IV drip of ketamine. <laughs> yes. I don't know if he can survive that. No, I don't know how this man is surviving this. He's got fucking cat tranquilizers going through his body. So because he was going into his whole like psychotic, he's listening to his tapes to tell him like uh, their affirmations, himself reading affirmations. You are a good leader. You do have a great congregation. You didn't fuck those kids. They fucked you. <laughs> so we like once again. Not one of even Arthur's plans are bullshit because he's like, we got it because well we forgot to point out they had one of those snake cams you know like yeah, so yeah. They watch shit like we're just gonna shove this down his throat and kill him That's which it. would that that would even kill you because they do that shit they do put shit down your throat to like see shit right I don't know how this is supposed to work uh I doubted every second of it it was fucking stupid and, like and it would 
totally, if you're ramming it down a guy's throat, would totally damage his throat. So the ME would see all this shit. They would know that this was a murder. Because none of, like, every fucking Bronson kill looked like an accident. It made sense. It was simple. Yep. Every one of these is convoluted and never works. Right. Again, let's talk it over. You had the Rube Goldberg kill in the first scene. They made it. Uh, you could find maybe a bullet hole, but it'd be really fucking hard with that explosion and his first kill. And then there's Harry who ran up the hill. You're going to have all those foot marks of him running up the hill and everything. You're going to have him been in the car. You're going to have him having the heart attack. There's so many ways where people are going to be like, oh, shit. Well, here we go. Who, who knows why he ran from here to here, but clearly he had a heart attack. This is just like... It's a fucking mess. His last kill, a fucking mess. His first kill in this movie, a fucking mess. Everything. He strangled the guy in the water. They're going to find strangle marks on the guy. They're going to see that his windpipe was like, you know, collapsed or something. How does that make it an accident? It doesn't. He got murdered. This movie is so fucking. strangled the guy underwater. Why the fuck? It's so bad. It like. It's it's just like pulling the pants down with the mechanic rules and just fucking shoving a branch long right up there. It's so bad. So they, they they just they choke him with a fucking fucking snake camera. Yeah, and the guy because he's got something on his throat he can't yell out. He actually does go hey hi yo, and then he dies. And then they're like, oh, shit, cheese it. Let's get back in there. So they go back inside the wall, close up the mirror panel. And then they wait because they so silently were able to get there. But now they can't <laughs> silently squirm away. They have no. to stay there and not breathe very heavily. They have to make sure that, that it went perfectly. <laughs> These guys go, he must have died on his own. They, they can't just go back to the room where they have fucking live feed cameras. You would think first of all no one's going to survive an iv of ketamine but if you if you could what you would do is just make the drip come out a lot faster so it would kill him what wait, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute the smartest killers in the world didn't think this guy is mainlining ketamine he's passed out right now we can just increase the drip right because ketamine is dangerous we could inject something into it you know, yeah. we can do all this stuff and make it look like, hey, his crew mainlining fucking ketamine in him. Yeah, you blame the do- and it's the doctor's fault because he fucked up. Much like this is what happened, to Michael Jackson. Yeah, A mechanic killed him. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did it right. He did it right. So they're like they're like watching, I guess, to well, confirm the kill. I don't know why they're standing there watching and don't leave, but the guards come in with their guns. Yep, and it just uh, yeah, they're just all like freaked out for. One second, and then they're just like, hey, everybody, let's just hush for a minute. And they all stand there perfectly silently. So- a moment of silence for this guy to stay. Yeah. So they bring everybody in the room. No one goes, oh, fuck, we got to panic. We got to go do this. We got to call this guy. We got to go. No, they're just like, let's stand here calmly. <laughs> and it just so happens they stand there calm enough to hear a fucking nut drop. <laughs> not, not their nuts. A real metal nut, and just falls out of a. If then event. it falls, that's what I was complaining about. Yeah. How did the nut get into the <laughs> vent to come out of the vent? And still, how would that even tip them off to anything? Because it was a tiny vent that people couldn't get through. But they go, huh? Let me let me stare into this mirror for a while. Yeah, so, he's, he's pulling a fucking Neil Brain. He's like, yep. I'm just gonna go to the trash. I, lodge I was for really a hoping we were gonna get that superimposed image of the guy <laughs> growing a beard. <laughs> 
And so the guy's just staring, and Steve's like, fuck it. I'm just there shooting. So he just shoots the guy through the mirror. Yep. And then all hell breaks loose. Oh, my God. It's so fucking stupid. So we got Steve. He works his way through the duct system again. Uh, Arthur, like, pushes through and ends up in the ceiling. Yeah, he's in, he makes it to the roof of the building somehow. Because Statham and roofs, they just go together, you know? I was waiting for there to be... Okay, you would have saved me. Despite all of the problems we have with this movie, if there was a hot tub kill on this roof, I would have been like, okay, this is good. This is a good movie. <laughs> but there's no hot tub no, up here. No ninjas, no hot tubs. Okay, I'm going to assume everybody who's a bodyguard is also a sex offender because these people might just be like private contractors that are just bodyguards, and they're murdering these guys. These guys are doing their job. Uh, I feel like... Uh, Keep I- in mind... Charles Bronson's character makes perfect sense. He would just kill anybody. He's a fucking killer. Right. But we've established Arthur Bishop only kills bad guys. I believe in the laser dispersion, which this didn't get, but I saw some of the behind-the-scenes work that they had. And in the uh, the footage they were recording, you know, when they staked it out for like 14 minutes, all of the bodyguards said, I'd like a piece of that 14-year-old tush. So they're also – Yeah, that was – the deleted scene. Yeah, they're also oh. sex offenders. Okay. Yep, oh, okay. Then it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. They're murdering everybody. Yep. And then the, we were talking about, from here on out, every fucking uh, thing about these kills is luck. Because they, they de- it's like a window washer thing or something, right? Like the Is that what they found? I don't remember what they find. Whatever it does, it has it has uh, ropes on it. Yeah. And apparently Arthur does the, the fucking math in his mind. He's like, this would be enough to get down to the one fucking window that's available on the side of the fucking building they're on. Yeah, I mean, again, they're, they're supposed to be these killers who do jobs quietly. They quietly killed the guy. And then now that the guards are tipped off, they are no longer doing anything quietly. They even took a... Uh, they killed the guy and threw him off the roof. <laughs> so there's evidence everywhere. Right. Everything fucked. And now they're like they're have to, they have to do a daring escape, so they they find like the the little ropes there. They right. just do a single <laughs> knot, bunny bunny loops or whatever they call it when you tie your shoes around their waist, and they're like, "All right, let's go, kid." <laughs> yeah, somehow perfect microwave timing because they right where there's one window, there's really just one window, and they stop right there. Yep, and they shoot through, go through. And they just walk right out. Everybody's still panicking. I, I don't know. Someone set the fire alarm or something. So everyone's evacuating. They're able to just blend right in and walk right out. And Statham is telling them, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to go to O'Hare. You go to the other airport. We're going to meet up uh, somewhere <laughs> back at the my house well, or something. Well, that's going on. Well, no, because that's how they, they did. I don't know. If, Maybe it's this scene or earlier. They establish he does get some of his missions from an airport. Like he, there's like a package for him on the conveyor belt, that luggage belt. Oh, okay. This might be, actually he might be doing it for this scene coming up because we see a Mr. Dean. He's fucking pissed off, which he should be. He just fucked everything up. It's yeah. the most suspicious looking death we've ever seen. It's like fucking. Like, I mean, why didn't they just put the guy in fucking prison and hang him like Epstein? That would have been even. That would have been the better way to go. So. All right, he goes to the airport. I think he's he's, he's either going to pick up the money for this kill, which he shouldn't. He fucking should give money back to these motherfuckers because it's the worst kill ever. Or he's going to get his new mission. I don't fucking know. He's at the airport, but he notices. What did Dean? I think Dean even said, "Hey, this is a no DQ kill." 
I just need it done fast. Right. Well, he did it. They did it fast. And there definitely was no rules to this job. Nothing clean about Nothing it. Nothing clean about it. Nothing clean, Dean. So he's at the airport to get his pay or whatever the fuck. And he's, he's sitting there with his Denny's cup. He still had time to stop at Denny's. I can, yeah, man. I, don't know, I didn't know Denny's had takeout. Like, he's just... Well, I mean, for maybe him. Maybe in New Orleans they do. Yeah, maybe in New... I mean, they're in Chicago right now. Oh. Okay. The, the Chicago D- Denny's definitely do. I've stopped by yeah. a few. Well, I mean the coffee. You got to stop for the coffee. It's it's the only rule. It's known as the best coffee in the world. It's the only rule in this movie. <laughs> is that Denny's only coffee? Coffee at Denny's is good. Uh, I mean, next time Stewart comes over stateside, I know he's going to be going to the Denny's to get the coffee. Oh, Even Stewart talks like that. Oh, it's Denny's coffee. Well, really that's the coffee. It's called the vocal cord. Exactly, and yeah. that's why Statham talks that way. <laughs> I like it piping hot. So he notices somebody. Why it's his fucking friend? He thought he was dead in South Africa. We saw the pictures. Him and his uh, Josh Lee Wesley glasses. Joshua Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, killing doesn't pay as much as he used to because he's getting on a bus. Yeah. So he sits at a bus is empty. It's a fucking busy airport. Why the bus be empty? But right, we need it to be empty because uh, Arthur gets on the bus with him. I thought you were dead. Yeah, he's like, how long does this bus take to get to its destination? 15 minutes. That gives us enough time. I thought you were dead. And then the guy lowers his glasses a little bit, puts his crucifix necklace into his shirt. Pulls out the Bible and the the German law book. Which one? And he's like, look, I'm going to tell you everything because we need to get this movie over with. Dean paid me to kill off all our other friends. Yeah. That was me. And you know what, Harry? He was going to rat us out because me and Dean have been up to all this nefarious shit. We're not going to tell you what we're doing, but it's nefarious. Right. All to say, there's some sex offenses going on. And there's put definitely it that sex way. offenses. And you're just a little upset because you got played. Yeah, because you don't care. You got played. And then it's like, well, them's fighting words to me, bloke. And then... <laughs> I, who's, who's what's this guy's name? I didn't catch it. Fuckhead, fuckhead. He has the killer handle on a luggage, like you know that the handle that extends from your. Luggage. They wanted this to be a spy movie. They wanted this to be James Bond. <laughs> so the guys, he's got the the wheelie cart uh, luggage thing. Oh. So it's the extending handle. He breaks it off, and it's a fucking weapon. Right. 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 So we get. It's <laughs> turning into wings now. Get a boring extended quick cut scene of them fighting in a boss. It's so bad. Uh, at one point, uh, Arthur rips out the fucking pin for the fire extinguisher yeah. and sticks it in the guy's face, sticks not in it, his eye, like in his. In his che- no, he sticks it in his cheek. It was in his cheek. Okay, there's a scene. He pulls slowly, pulls it out. Yeah. Again, this is this is AW and thumbtacks. This is so fucking stupid. And then they, of course, you get the scene where they're struggling, where he's about to stab Arthur with that fucking luggage candle. Yep. And then I don't even I, I, I don't know. How, he gets the upper hand. Instead of killing him, he throws him out a window. Yep. And a car just well, like I said, luck from here on out. Everything luck. Car it's been ha- luck, and we continue to get luck. And here's more luck. Yeah. Car just happens to drive by, runs over, fucked hard. Yeah. The, again. If this was 90s or late 80s or something, Statham would have had a nice lawn liner here like, that's that's one wrong way to hail a cab. 
Some, something stupid like that. Somebody better call a cab. <laughs> or like, good thing I use Uber. <laughs> you know, some bullshit. I'm going to have to ask Jeeves about that Somebody one. Somebody better ask Jeeves. <laughs> All right, so we got to go to the docks. Of course you do. And Murray, we've seen two dock scenes already with no trouble whatsoever. Oh, you trouble. can't go back to the dock again without some trouble. Right, and he knows it's trouble because the Barker Lounge is empty. And he's like, where's uh, Henry? Was that his name? Henry. He's looking around for him. He's like, Henry's got to be here. And then, like, like, it's a machine gun fire or something. I don't know, like. I feel like even before the machine gun fire goes off, he dips himself into the water, and yeah. we start to see the team, you know, uh, ascend into the parking right. sh- or the dock structure and everything. And the one guy gets real close to, and he's looking down in the water. He's looking, but you know what? They put that filter on the camera, so he can't look <laughs> down in the water right. and see uh, that Statham is sitting right there with the fucking harpoon. <laughs> harpoon. <laughs> and he stabs a guy in the leg, and then he just takes everybody out. I don't remember. He kills people. And then he, tur- he looks over, and he sees Henry floating in the water, dead. Yeah. Of course, we got to have that. Black guy to be sacrificed to the gods of action movies. That's right. So he gets one of the goons' phones. And again, for a network of, like, killers, you know, somehow Donald Trump does this better than our super sophisticated, smart uh, villains in this movie. Everybody has a direct line to the guy they would incriminate. So these guys have a direct line to the guy. You know, it's not like this disconnect. Everything is a one-to-one connection right. to Mr. Dean that could easily implicate him. Right. And he's like, I just called to say I'm going to kill you. Took out my best guys. I'm going to send even more. I said my better best guy. <laughs> Save the gas. It's expensive nowadays. I'm going to come kill you, but I got to go to Denny's first. Would you like a grand slam? I'm going to bury you. He gets on his little speedboat. He calls up Steve first because he's like, well, they're probably after Steve as well. And they are because Steve is being held at gunpoint by four guys who. Let's talk about the logistics (laughs) of driving this boat very fast with a lot of wind with the 2011 cell phone. In the middle of nowhere. It's the James Bond cell phone. We've established he's yeah, James yeah, Bond. Yeah, okay, okay. So okay. Never mind. Anyway. I'm sorry. We didn't need to go down this path. This is James Bond the cell guys phone. The guys who are, have guns on Steve allow him to have the most suspicious sounding, he's like, gun by my, by my in the cushion? <laughs> Left side or right? And they're just like, what's this guy talking about? And he even goes, I guess I'm fucked because I'm not left-handed. Because he doesn't shoot left-handed. Right. There, there wasn't scene in the montage. There should have been an establish, establishing scene in the montage where he shoots with his left hand and can't hit shit, and they have a laugh over it or something. I'm shocked they didn't do that. Yeah, we don't get that. We just get him saying, I'm not left-handed. And then in a second, he reaches into the cushion. Nonchalantly just kills these guys. Four guys stationed in four different With guns places, pointed at him. With guns pointed. And they all are just like, oh, shit, he died. And now he's dead. And now he's dead. And now I'm dead. So, like, Artie's like, i got to ask Jeeves some stuff. You go get the gear ready. So he goes out to the garage. And then, well, well, what do you know? Steve finds his daddy's gun. Mm. You don't. This is where he's slipping. Because usually the mechanic gets rid of all the evidence. He throws in that pot belly stove. But he had to keep that memento of his friendship. That's, That's right. You never keep a memento. 
So now the two of them, they're back in. Jeeves has answered all of uh, Arthur's questions. He's completely full of knowledge now. Right. I don't even remember what he was trying to do. <laughs> no, they're ready to get Dean. They find, yeah, because Jeeves knows where Dean's going to be. Right. Jeeves knows everything. We right. need to put a, a like, uh, get the, somebody. Who are we going to get to check on Jeeves? Because Jeeves knows too much. I don't know. Elon Musk. Oh, there we go. By SGs. He's going to he's going to control Twitter. That's right. By the way, guys, if there's some bullshit where we got to get authenticated and all this shit, good luck. We'll I'll send you smoke signals when a new episode comes <laughs> out. Cause I'm not dealing with any fucking bullshit. And I know he's not going to do it because no one's going to deal with it. If he pulls that shit, people are going to abandon Twitter in droves. Yeah. You got to get all because the whole point of fucking social media is to be an asshole anonymously. Yeah. So if you got to like give ID and all this shit, fuck it. I, cause I remember one time I was like, as a joke, it's like, I'm going to get us a blue check. I'm going to look what that means. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. So no, it's not going to happen. But if it does, we're gone. We're, we're going to go to Ask Jeeves. That's what you'll find out about our episodes. <laughs> Just go along and Ask Jeeves. Search Golan Dash Globus. The worst fucking radio <laughs> name ever. It's not easy to get out. Because you, you have to specify. You need to write Golan Dash Globus. Dash the fucking character. Not actually write. Da- <laughs> it's not good for radio. The, our name, like trying to spell it out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't work very well. Because you can't search Golan Space Globus Theater. You'll not find us. You yeah. have to do the dash. And I, that's why I always put it in when I Yeah, you got to put in the dash. Or just follow us on SoundCloud. So, Arthur and them, they're ready to head out. But he knows that Steve, something wrong with Steve. He's off a little. Yeah, he's not talking about the Celtics. He's not talking about the Yankees. He's, this is prime betting season, and he's quiet. Steve's never quiet. Steve's a piece of shit. He should be loving this moment. He just killed four dudes with his left hand. You ever think about the people you kill? Like, how about anyone he knew? Does it feel any different? Sure, it feels different. And he's like, so he's like, so Arthur's fucking Arthur's intense spider sense is going off. (laughs) He's like, what's he talking about? He's acting really suspicious. He's saying, like, first Steve didn't care about killing, like, who, kill anybody you want. Who gives a shit? Now he's right. all personal. He's now like, he's all personal. So, okay, I do know what he asked Jeeves about. Jeeves, where did the Super Bowl winning third street quarterback live? So, yeah, he's going to. F- <laughs> <laughs> yes, call, the, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Call back to the very beginning when he With points the rig. out that ring. That's how he's going to find how to get Mr. Dean. He needed some way to ask Jeeves, and he that was the connection. <laughs> Jeeves, of course, knows every Super Bowl ring-wearing uh, combatant. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's right, and they go to his house. He just happens to live wherever the fuck they are, in New Orleans, apparently. Yeah, everyone lives in New Orleans. Nah. Uh, and we do need an establish, establishing scene because they're about to do horrible things to this guy. So right. they need to establish that he's a horrible human being. So he's right. abusing his wife. Right. And he, wearing a wife beater shirt. He's wearing and, he's, a, and, he's, and he's beating his wife. So it yeah. makes sense. And he's got a daughter and he's telling her, not in this house. Right. You're not getting an abortion. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how you got that I baby. I don't care if I raped you. You're not getting an abortion. That's a strong R, but we yeah. have a strong villain here. We yeah. need to get him over. Right. So. So he's going in to get a Vinny's into the kitchen, and then boom, he gets shot in the kneecap. Yep. 
And the the mom and daughter they run in like what's going on here and they grab this is where I was like finally they're going to do some classic Arthur, Arthur Bishop shit exactly and you're like I feel so bad for this wife and uh, right. the the kid because they're being abused by their dad so finally they're going to get them away but no they're they're going to traumatize these people too well that's what I was hoping they were going to do because this would fit the original mechanic it he's would like, he's like where's Dean fuck you I'm not telling you anything oh really. And he grabs the fucking daughter by the hair, drags her to the fucking garbage disposal in the sink. He's just teasing at him. He's turning on the garbage disposal, turning it off. He puts a fork in there because that's the most terrifying noise ever. He puts that guy's championship ring on one of her fingers. That's what really makes him nervous. Well, yeah. He's like, I already lost one de- gem off there. I Don't. Hate to, oh. I hate to fuck up this ring here. And he turns on the disposal. And he's like, I'm going to do it. Fuck you, man. And then... Puts the hand down, then just shoves her hand down in there. Like, ah! I'll tell you where Dean is. He's over on the docks. Of course, he's on the docks. He's in his office. He's just in his office. This scene irritated me so much because I'm like, finally, they're gonna have some ambiguity. No, no. He said because he sets up everything. He had a stake in the garbage disposal. It wasn't her hand. Somehow he shoved her hand way down there. He, he set up two, like, maybe cut a hole through the sink so her hand could go through. I don't fucking... It's Houdini, it's Houdini shit. How, he snuck in three days before. He fucked with the garbage disposal. He did. He gimmicked it in this way. It's so fucking bad because as as the meat goes in there, blood splattering all over the girl's arm, and she's crying out like, <laughs> you know, she's really getting fucked up and everything. So, of course, he, t- he spills where Dean's at and everything, and then he goes, I guess you're eating chunky steak tonight. I don't know what that means, Statham. <laughs> Chunky meat. <laughs> the price of ground chuck just went up. <laughs> I like that. And then, That's uh, good. Yeah, eat your heart out, Simon West. <laughs> so they go. Like you said, he's at his job where he's always at. That the you know the office. Yeah, we've seen him in in this office a hundred times, and everybody knows where everybody's at, and Jeeves knows where everybody's at. So you're one ass Jeeve away from solving this movie in five minutes. Dean gets a call from Arthur. I'm coming to get you. How much did it cost to kill Harry? I know. I got you know. He's like, cost. I got fifty million from that, and you can have ten if you forget all about this. Forget it. You can't buy me. I'm gonna come get you. And then of course, there's caller ID on these phones. So he's like, yep. conference room E. Calls up his guy. Where the fuck's conference room E? It's in the building. And I call. He's in the building. So now the boys, they bail out to the streets, set up one camera. Outside of the parking garage. They're going to see <laughs> if he's leaving the building, apparently. So uh, luck as luck would have it, there's a bus that happens to be there. Maybe fucking Arthur asks Jeeves what the bus schedule was for whatever this mysterious city they're in. I mean, in New Orleans, in most places in America, the public transportation is not on a sound schedule. But in New Orleans, the schedule is tight. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing you know about New Orleans. Everything is on tight. So they set up yeah. one camera outside the parking garage, and that's where Statham is going to st- – he's going to uh, – uh, Hide in the garage. Hide in the garage in a car. Because <laughs> this is – we're coming up to the classic Simon, Simon West. West scene. This is what he – they were like, Simon, we want you for this movie. He's like – I'm not seeing a car crash scene. Can I put a car crash scene I'm in it? I'm not seeing a pincer move on a convoy. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing it. We, we can do that. We can do that. I mean... To get you, you, the guy that did Con Air... Con Air? 
The guy who did Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up video. I'm noticing that uh, Jason Statham, Statham, what did you say this guy? I'm noticing he doesn't have beautiful hair. Can we put some beautiful hair on him? Maybe get a scene of him standing on a cliffside with it blowing in the breeze? No, no, Jason doesn't want that. All right, so we're setting things up. We got a bus coming through. Steve hides. Mr. Dean's like, make sure there's two cars in front of me and two cars behind me. He's getting evacuated with his whole crew and everything. They're going to get, yeah, they sneak him out the back door. So uh, Steve hijacks a bus. He, gets, he tells everybody to get off. His, his move is to close off the front of the convoy. Yeah, he's coming down because they're pulling out onto a one-way road. There's only like one lane there, and then there's like some cars parked on the other side. So they're starting to go by, and this is where Arthur has to step in. He's watching on his little fucking wireless camera that's battery powered in 2011. <laughs> Again, super fucking James Bond shit happening here in 1080p real time, you know. He's watching this convoy go by, and he's able to fucking pedal to the metal, just yeah, he's, spin, burning <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. and he takes off Roadrunner style and hits his T perfectly. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, oh, I don't, he doesn't hit Dean's car. I thought he was supposed to hit. He could have just hit Dean's car and killed, and killed him, him right and there. done with it. No, he's got a toy with him. Okay. So, so he you, does hit a car. So you think it was a fuck up? Yeah. No, I think... I don't know. Maybe he was he wanted to toy with Dean. I thought he wanted to toy with Dean because he's an action okay. star, and that's how you do it. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you're a mechanic, you're meticulous. If you're Charles Bronson, you would hit the car that had Dean in it and be done It'd with be it. Be done with it. No. It would make more sense. But and the fact but nothing that makes sense about this movie. If they didn't mean to do that, there should have been a fuck moment or something where he's struggling and he can't work the shift or something. No, he meant to do it. You're right, but it's stupid. Yeah, it is. Really stupid. It's not professional. It is not professional. It's not Arthur Bishop. It's Jason Statham. So, yeah, so he hits that car, and then... Uh, he pops out, because people immediately start shooting at him, and he just hits all five guys, and no big deal. And as luck would have it, at the back of the convoy, there's a garbage truck. Oh, right, I think I can do some of that. While that's going on, Steve rams the front car with the fucking boss... So, okay, the logic of this. He's driving, again, one-way road. There's nowhere for them to go and everything. So the bus is bearing down on him. Steve realizes what's happening. So Steve gets up and starts running to the back of the bus because a car is about to crash right into it and go right through the bus. It somehow lifts up and starts tearing (laughs) And bursts into flames. And of course it's going to explode. And somehow Steve is running 80 miles an hour as this car doing 100, plowing through a bus. And the explosion starts up, he jumps, and he somehow just flies to safety. Yeah. This is so fucking stupid. So that traps Dean, because the front of the convoy is all blown up with the bus, Statham jumps in a garbage truck in the back of the convoy. Yep. Has, like, it's, one of the, it's one of the garbage trucks that can pick up a dumpster, so he has the forklift front. Yeah, yeah. So he, he snags Dean's car, Skewers picks it, it up, yeah. flips it over so it's like upside down. Sets it back down. And then our, our Steve comes back over to join him, and the two just have giant assault rifles. <laughs> right. Clean and fast. Right? Yep. And uh, Dean's got no more guys left. So Dean comes crawling out and looks up at him and just goes, fuck you. 
fuck you, which is enough. He's, that's, and he's like, also, I had sex with a minor. So it just, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> fuck you and fuck that 12-year-old I had earlier today. <laughs> oh, and that gives him enough. They just unload these machine guns on him. The guy, he's fucking Chuck Gross <laughs> around ground, ground now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over. They got their revenge. But- they get back in the car, his truck, his fucking truck. They get back into his truck. And they drive off. What do we do now? And it just so happens. Statham's driving and happens to look over because I I guess he was like going for a cigarette and dropped it or something. And he has to like – he leans over in some way. And Arthur sees that he's got his dad's gun holstered under his jacket. And so Statham, the gears are working. Right. We all know – everybody listened to the mechanic last week. We know what ending we're coming up to. Right, but somehow it's worse because he's like, they're they're gonna go have a fucking early bird meal at Denny's, but first they gotta get some gas. Right, and Steve the whole time he's blabbing. I used to have a hole in my heart, a hurt hole that I filled with Celtics and Yankees and Bruins. And that ain't something to fill your heart with. That's nothing to fill your heart with. That's and hate. That's hate, man. All I had, I-, I was on eBay every night trying to buy Larry Bird replica jerseys and. I had nothing, and you gave me everything. I think I'm gonna like really play around with this being a killer thing. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna try to go on my own or something. But first, I need a little snack. I need a gas station hot dog. So they stop. He needs some gas as well as the car. So they stop, and he's he's like, you know what? It's on me. I'm gonna pump the gas this time. Yeah. So he he pumps some of the gas, and then he like lodges it. In the in between the hole where you put the gas and the side of the yeah opening and just presses it so it starts pouring out. And he ret- things. This, these guys, there's geniuses. The way that they just make it look natural and not like an accident at all. He's <laughs> clearly like security cam can see this shit happening. They even show us the whole things I can. I mean, it makes sense for Steve to try to stage something this way because he's an idiot. Yeah. He learned from an idiot who never taught him how to do it right. But that's the thing. J. Michael Vincent, Steve wasn't an idiot. He wasn't. No, he. That was what was going to make him so fucking incredible. He you got, got one over on Arthur Bishop. You got the amazing payoff of a genius of murder taught a kid how to learn about people, learn their weaknesses, learn where you know where you could slip one under on them, and he fucking killed them that way. It was a beautiful way for our last Arthur Bishop to go. This is fucking and he killed stupid. Arthur Bishop just because he fucking wanted to. Because we got to have a reason for this one. He finds out that his dad was going. Like, he didn't care in the he first. He didn't movie. care a fuck about it. We learn last week. We learn after he killed him. He's like, "Is this because I killed your dad?" And he's like, "Oh shit, you did. That is amazing. That is good shit. Right. This is fucking horrible." So there is. They want to give it one minute. They want to give him one minute here because since uh, Arthur saw the gun in his pocket, he knows about it, and Steve returns to the window, and they're playing with the language here because he's like, are you sure you don't need anything from inside? A Red Bull, maybe a bang. I know you're a bang man. And he's like, oh, no, no, nothing for me, but I do want to say sorry for everything I've ever done, ever. And Steve nods at him, and he's like, yeah, okay. Again, these are supposed to be super genius, meticulous, hear, see, senses, everything's working. Would you not hear gasp? 
splattering all over the ground. Of course you would. Of course you would. You wouldn't smell the gas. The window's wide open. You wouldn't smell (laughs) gas just taking over the... No, you wouldn't. None of that. So Steve walks to the side of the gas station, turns around, and shoots the... (laughs) Shoots the gas. Like, that's going to work. Yeah. Instead of just throwing like a cigarette or something, which actually would cause the explosion. He's got he has to shoot it with his father's gun. Yep. Poetic so, justice. So everything explodes. Uh we're in Hitcherville here, where actually his house is just on the other side of a hill because he walks home to Arthur's place. Because it's a right. it's a big explosion. Arthur's dead. Right, he's dead, he's gone. He's dead is gone. Just like the first movie. Just like the first movie. So we get the beautiful scene of him arriving at Arthur's place, and he's like, this is all mine now. Everything Arthur shit on him about touching. He's, he's putting fingerprints all on the vinyl. He's breaking a couple over his knees. Like, this isn't ACDC. <laughs> what is this? Uh, fucking justice for all? No, bullshit. Breaks that. He's like, there we go. Blackout. Like, Where's the base? Where's the base? Where is the base? Well, I guess there is. That are, there's... Uh, it's so flat. I was listening to it today. You he's gotta just, get some bass. He's just rifling, and then he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna drive that fucking car that he's been." Well, we gotta about. talk about the fact that he puts on the uh, Arthur's favorite album, and when he clicks it into place, right. we see a mechanism click underneath. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to forget that. Uh, yeah, I know you were, but I got. Look, he puts th- it on and then leaves. Yeah. That's what you do. You usually put on a record just so you can leave. Right. Well, he wants to be able to go around the house and hear the music because it was a whole house stereo system. There was even a speaker in the garage, so we still heard it. Okay. So, I mean, come on. Arthur does all this shit. He wired it himself. So we got to go down and check on that sweet car. And this is kind of poetic because when he said, when are we going to go for a drive? He said, we? It's never going to be we. It never will be. It's only Steve. Right. And he drives off. And then he notices perfect microwave timing because he drives for for a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, in the first one, it's perfect because it's just as soon as the door shuts, the fucking like fuse goes 13 seconds and right. it just blows up. No. It wasn't gotta... the convenience of, oh, yeah, now I'm looking down and seeing a letter. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was right there in front of him. He gets in. He sits down. <laughs> he sees the letter and it's saying, boom. Right. This one, he has to luckily drive for ten or fifteen feet, and then look at the letter. And he yeah, looks over, sees one. It's not like out in the open. It's like on the seat, folded up. Opens it up, and it's the same as the first movie. You're gonna if you're reading this, you're dead. And then, and then he laughs. He was like, I didn't even try to get out. No. Like at least Jam Michael Vincent tried to get the fuck out. Of he the car. did. Yeah. Car blows up, and then a couple oh. seconds later, the house, house blows explodes. up. And we're like, okay, well, at least it, they had the balls to end it with both of them dying like the first mechanic. No. Of course, we got to set up a sequel. So we see like some fucking gas station camera footage of him doing a, a tuck and roll out of the fucking car. Show it like three different angles. And it's like the mechanic lives on for that shitty sequel that we're never going to watch or talk about. So fucking bad. Like, again, this is everything wrong with all the movies that they do now. They're like, let's take something that already has an audience. Let's try to build it into a series. Let's try to cash this cow for all it's worth. And milk it's like, it for all it's worth. Milk it for all of it's worth. It's fucking stupid. It's a... Yeah, so there you go. That's our first compare and contrast. Uh, if it does well, then I think our next will be the Red Dawn remake. We'll bring Jack back on and we'll yeah. do that Red Dawn remake. So, uh, 
Griff, two things have been missing from this show for quite a long time. One, boobs. Yeah. Two, our friend Mike Mullins. Whoa. So if you're an OG G&G fan, you know the name Mike Mullins. This, this wouldn't, there wouldn't be a Golden Globes Theater without Mike Mullins. He hasn't been on in like three years, but he's like, there's a movie I have to talk about. Yeah. He's like, fuck you guys for the past three years, but now I finally <laughs> found a movie that must be talked about. It's a movie very near and dear to his heart. We love the, this, the, he's an auteur. We can't really talk about it. Yeah. Andy Sedaris. Andy. We haven't talked about it. Andy Sedaris movie in at least a couple years. Uh, we would we would throw him in the misunderstood genius, but everyone understood his genius. Yeah. Action, tits, movie. That's it. Uh, you bullets, you got boobs, bullets, boobs, and of course the greatest character of all time, Shades. Shades, yeah. So cl- clearly, this guy's not misunderstood. Everyone knows him. So next week. Michael Mullins will be making his glorious return Whew. to the microphone. The first time we've had someone in studio since, like, Joe, like, a year ago. Yeah, Joe, about a year ago. So that'd be good. We, Griff won't, I mean, yeah, Griff won't stress out about recordings. So we'll have the guy right here. Right here. That's right. So that'll be next week. It'll be a movie very near and dear. I think, uh, I think uh, Mike lost his virginity to this movie. Yeah. I well, can't wait his, to hear that story. masturbatory virginity. Oh, okay. He became a man. He was a boy when he started. He became a man when it was done. <laughs> it's called the Dallas Connection. We'll have to ask him about wet dreams, too. How many he's had, how many think, you haven't had. Uh, I'll be pissed off if he's had some. <laughs> so we'll see you next week, and keep it warm.